On this episode of Geek Out Loud, it is What If, Episodes 7 and 8, Thor's a Party Boy, Ultron won the day. We've got extra guests. It's going to be awesome. Here we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another special collaboration between Chewy's Cantina, the most awesome Facebook toy group in the world, and Geek Out Loud. This is Geek Out Loud. I am Steve Glosson. So glad to be along with you as we are talking about episodes seven and eight of What If. The What If train has truly just run right off the tracks, so to speak, and um we are fired up about these last two episodes with the season finale on the way. With me, uh, as has been with me through all of this journey, of course, is the guy who started this whole thing. It's his fault we're doing it. Ladies and gentlemen, Lethargic Chewy himself, Lucas. What's going on, buddy? Hello and greetings from the multiverse, my friends. Yes, we are in the cantina live right now via a Zoom meeting. And if you're catching this later on on the YouTube, we welcome you as well. I will be playing with toys throughout the night. Lucas, are you doing that or are you paying more attention to the discussion? I'll probably do a little bit more discussion, but I, there's toys available. I can grab something if I need to and pull them in. So. Once again, you're a much more disciplined individual than myself. Now, also with us, of course, all the way from up in Michigan, as always, tonight he's repping Miles Morales on his hat with uh, with Spider-Man. Uh, there he is, author Adam Bray. What's going on, my friend? Hey, I got toys. There you go. Oh, you got I, her. That's I, a. I got a girlfriend this time. Oh, <laughs> well. Now look, Adam. Look, I love you, buddy. But let's not. Don't don't go that route. You, we believe we believe in you, and we care about your health. So, also, also along for the ride for the past two weeks, I said, "Hey, I need to get this guy." I never did because, well, that's the kind of loser that I am. Um, every now and again, you come across people who you just are fast friends with, and uh, and this guy's no different. I had the opportunity to spend time with him and his family. Uh, it's been a couple of months back now, but we had a great time together. Uh, I drove them all the way up. I made them make the Blue Ridge comic book run with us, Lucas. Oh, um, wow. So, yeah, we did the, we did the, the Bigfoot Man Museum, comics. Mountain Man Comics, all that good stuff. But all the way from out in Oklahoma, where they're all worried because they're coming to the SEC pretty soon. Uh, good friend of the show and good friend, Justin Grant. How's it going, Justin? Hey, hey, it's not previously fat Adam. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, I, and, and when it comes to having me on the show, I hadn't been watching the shows because I hadn't caught up with the what ifs yet. And I didn't want spoilers. And all of a sudden, I'm getting apologized to on this channel two weeks in a row. Yep. And evidently, I should have been offended about something I didn't know I was going to get invited to. And I found about 
from the apology after the fact that I should have been offended two weeks before. So let's just say no hard feelings. I'm glad to be here. And it made me catch up on what if because I was a few episodes behind. Awesome. Now that sounds I, like a what if episode in itself. Now here's what's crazy is I was promised cosplay by Justin. There was no promise. No promise. There was a threat that I would cosplay. There was a threat. What you said you were gonna be your favorite what if character. Yes. If you did this, I what? I still do that sometimes. Well, who who would that be? Well, I was actually going to have y'all guess. Okay. All right. Well, you know, uh, look, I don't like to. Actually, okay, I can do this. Um, it's a what if character, cap oriented. Lucas, you got no chance. You got no chance on this one because this is a very strictly a comic character. Oh, okay. Right. So he's pointing out the, the the dumb guy in the room already. I like this oh, guy. No, no, I'm just saying what you've already said. Like you know, with, yeah, hey, right. you got more MCU knowledge than I'll ever have. So I'm gonna right. lean on you for that. Right. Uh, it, it, hmm, it's a cap oriented character, and you said that I think on the last episode that you guys had, uh, you can only think of two characters that have never come back from the dead. This would have been one of them. So. Oh, okay. All right. So would this would this have been Bucky from What If Bucky Hadn't Died? No. No. Mm. I could have guessed that, Steve. Yeah. Well, I'll just go. I'll just go. Uh, let's see here. The second Bucky was his Bucky, so he was a Cap character, and the second Bucky in the comics was this Captain's Bucky. Nomad became the second, or the second Bucky became Nomad. Okay. Yeah. Did okay. For the longest time the guy I was going to cosplay was the second Captain America. Who was okay? So not the guy that became U.S. agent. Oh no! Not John Walker. No, no, no. All right. Yeah, you've got you've got me stumped too. You don't just give it away. Yeah. What was the story? What was the what if story? Oh, uh, the what if story was uh, you know Cap passed away and Mm -hmm. the whole. the whole legend of Captain America, he, he kind of got had to get retconned because he's supposed to have been, you know, a capsicle for right. the longest time in the ocean. So they had a retcon who was Captain America during all those issues where he wasn't a capsicle. I got you. So basically, they uh, Harry S. Truman appointed a guy who's who I was going to cosplay his character, uh, William Maslin, was the spirit of 76. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. 76 is one of my all time favorite Captain Americas, uh, followed by the Patriot. Followed by uh, Steve Rogers again. Followed by the Super Patriot, John Walker. So, and then all that's been retconned since then. There's, you know, we got Elijah Bradley and several others that kind of fit in where they fit in. But right, right. Uh, here, I got toys. There you go. Um, this used to be Whiplash, and I turned him into the, the Spirit of Seventy Six. Nice. By the Ooh. way, Justin is a customizer extraordinaire. He customizes hero clicks of all things. Like he goes miniature That's customizing. That's detail right there. Wow. And since we la- and I guess, well, you know what? We'll get into it after the what if discussion. Let's get let's talk about what we came here to talk about because I know, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. It's fine. Listen, if if we get derailed nine times out of ten, it's on me. It's not on anybody but me. So let's just be <laughs> let's be fair. So <laughs> um so episode seven of what if, what if Thor were an only child? And basically the change in this is that rather than adopt Loki um, as a peace offering between Asgard and the Frost Giants, Odin gives Loki back to Lofi. And, and so Thor is kind of, I guess, raised. It's interesting because he doesn't have to, I guess, 
Lucas, I guess the idea is Thor had no rival growing up, and so he just gets spoiled. Is that kind of where we're at here? Yeah, I mean, he's an only child. I mean, you think about it. Um, I've I've got you know three boys. I mean, they they're the rivals. They're they're pushing each other's buttons. Yeah, they're making you know survival of the fittest. I don't know, but they're they're you know the the struggle with brothers that makes them stronger, uh, makes them uh, you know fight for what they got, and uh, you know Thor's. You know, it's been handed to him over and over again. Now, I will say this. Now, this is just where my mind went on this. And I, I don't want to open up too much of a, a bag of uh, worms here. I don't know what that even means. Maybe that's like a ducks in a row. But everybody knows what opening a bag of worms is, Lucas. All right, pull in the audience. <laughs> if you don't know what opening a bag of worms is, please send an email. Was it was it Geek Out Loud at what? It's geekoutonline at gmail.com. Geekoutonline at gmail.com. Uh, if you're not familiar with opening a bag of worms, or uh, just please. comment on the YouTube video, or comment on the YouTube video, yeah. Uh, but where was I even going? Oh, from the Loki premise. Okay, the Loki series. I keep taking us back there, and I'll do it again later. Something I saw this week. What if this was the timeline that uh, Loki was a girl, and the Time Variance Authority comes in and takes her, which you know later becomes Sylvie, and then resets the timeline. And it's the one now that Thor's by himself. Maybe that's a deep cut. I don't know. Maybe that's getting but, out there. But we meet. But we see Loki in this episode. He's a frost giant. Okay, that's a good point. Yeah. So there goes that idea. So he uh, he. <laughs> Adam <laughs> just laughs. It's a good. It's a good thought. Let me go to Adam now. Adam, I'm not an only child. I think you're not an only child. Yeah. Um. You know, would you have turned out a ton different? Were you an only child? Do you think? Uh. Yeah, probably, uh, because there's there's my brother and I have some significant rivalries. Okay. Um, I though, in all honesty, I think I think our relationship, uh, from my point of view, our relationship has more formulated him. Mm. Um, than it has me because he's the younger brother. Gotcha. And I think he, not to put it in a negative light, but kind of he didn't like some of uh, some of the attention the way it was focused on me as as the firstborn, mm. you know, and getting a lot of things first. And I think that created a very competitive spirit in him where he had to always work really hard to kind of outshine me. So in that way, I think it's maybe it's been more formulative of him. Um, but still, I think I, I, I think I would be different um, because I, I I think I'm kind of more of a softy than my brother is. But he, even then, without him to kind of sharpen my edges, I would probably be even softer than I am now. <laughs> Just about anything in life, you know, less competitive, less you know work working less hard and all of that. You you bring up a great point there. Justin, I want to get to you before I, I circle back to the iron sharpens iron situation there. Now, I don't know about you. Are you an only child? Oh, no. No, okay. far from it. I am the youngest uh, of, uh, of four. I got two older brothers and an older sister. Oh, man. Uh, but if, if Adam's a softie, I, I follow Adam very stringent on Twitter and some of his ventures. <laughs> some of the conditions you've lived through <laughs> you're softy, man. The rest of us got no chance. That's, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Situations you've been in, I'm like, oh my gosh. 
<laughs> Give well, me my air conditioning. <laughs> you know, so no, I am I am the youngest of uh, four. My closest sibling, my older brother, is nine years older than me. So I grew up basically for for a few years with them in the house, and then they were gone. As soon as they got a driver's license, you know, they're not around that much, uh, and that was fine. That's just you know that was, that was just the way it was. Uh, being the youngest after. Uh, of four children, I was definitely spoiled uh, for the first eight, nine years of my life. Yeah. Uh, but so, you can't skip your answer on this. I'm, I was really hoping to hear your answer on. Well, look, I, yeah, our family is, is, is a pretty big family too. And so I, you know, I've often wondered why my parents didn't stop having kids after me because, you know, you get to perfection and what more do you need? Um, <laughs> I, no, I, I think it's interesting what Adam had to say is, you know, he would have been a lot more soft had he not had a brother. And, and I think that all of us who were raised boys with brothers know what it is to to kind of tussle, to fight, you know, with with siblings and. Um, you know, my, my wife, God love her, is, um, is, is a sister of a sister. And she is always, she's so funny to me because when she'll see guys interacting, and you know how guys interact, we, we give each other hard times. We kind of, she's like, I just don't understand boys. I don't understand boys. Why are boys like this? Why are you so mean to each other? And I'm just like, that's just how it is. That's how guys are. And it really comes back to, you know, there is kind of an iron sharpening iron kind of situation there with, among family. But is the absence of Loki so key that Thor parties so hard that he destroys planets in his wake, Lucas? I mean, is that really the the situation there? Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, honestly, I was not a not a fan of this episode. Really, uh, just kind of shooting it straight at you. Yeah, I was just like, because uh, all the episodes up to this point, I just I felt like they were getting better and better. I know we kind of disagreed on the. Um, the two prior to that, um, you know, according to the last episode, but yeah, I was just like, man, I didn't, I didn't really care for this one. I mean, I like the very end of it because then it tells you how things are going. Um, but yeah, I was, I, I wasn't, I wasn't a fan, but you know, I, I do think it is formative to the fact that, you know, when the brothers are moved or the sibling rivalry is taken away, you know, I, when I responded earlier, I talked about my boys, but you know, I had a brother and a, or do have a brother and a, a sister. And I mean, I know I would be a different person if they weren't around. Um, and granted being the oldest, I'm kind of like Adam noted there, um, you know, there's a little tension, you know, every now and then there would be that, well, you're the golden child. You're the firstborn type mentality. And that, that gets under your nerves a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, he would definitely be someone different. Um, the party aspect. I don't know. Cause I mean, still, Odin still, he's still a tough dad. I can't believe that he would allow him just to go down this road like this. Well, sleep. Yeah, yeah, right. I guess he just but, waits. He waits till yeah. Odin sleeps and then, and then he parties hard. Yeah. But I, you know, how, how long was he asleep? Cause I mean, he had, obviously he's at this point in his life, he's already ingrained these habits and just, you know, all, you know, running amok in the universe, if you will. So. Well, that's I guess that then comes to to the next thing. I, that's interesting, Luke. I, I guess I didn't really think about asking how how we all felt about this episode. I just jumped right into the deep end here. So this, so which of the did you enjoy at least maybe episode eight a little bit better than seven, Lucas? Uh, 
Yeah, I enjoyed eight better. Okay, yeah, all right. I'd still say these two are the weaker two that you that we've had really, to. Adam. Where yeah. do you where do you stand on the strength of these two episodes? Um, I guess in some ways they are a little weaker. Maybe um, I, I I'm different than Lucas in that I really enjoyed the the Thor episode. Especially Especially because the you know the last several episodes have been so dark, it right, was nice right. to have a change of flavor. Yep. And Thor Ragnarok is one of my favorite um, Marvel movies, and and certainly my favorite Thor movie. And its its main its main element is humor. So this took me back to that. So I like that. My one complaint, which you guys touch on about Odin, is um, Thor's mother is a nurturer and very permissive of her sons, especially Loki and always, you know, making excuses for them. She's very loving, you know, her sons are her whole life, obviously. So it was a little odd for me to see her as more of an authoritarian that Thor was afraid of. Um, and maybe that's a consequence of her changing as a result of not having Loki as a son. Maybe that suggests that Loki changed her as a mother uh, in our universe. So I think that's an interesting thing to uh, examine in her, why she's different in this episode. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the, the next episode, um, it, it's a mixed bag for me. Um, I, I like it because it's, it's our penultimate episode and it's tying the whole season together, which we had speculated would happen. Um, but it, 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 I guess it, it, it was a little weak because it, it's divided between a little bit of time in this unique world and the rest of the time in the multiverse. So we're not seeing a lot of story in, in the originating universe. Um, so I think that kind of weakens it a hmm. little bit. Um, uh, Justin, I'm sorry, Adam, go ahead. I'm, I didn't yeah, mean to interrupt you. No, I thought you... no that, that's it. Okay. Justin, where, where do you stand on, on your opinion of these, these, these two episodes? I absolutely love them. Okay. I, yeah. I, I absolutely loved them. And it, and it's more of the comic geek in me. Is right. The reason why I love them. Right. Right. There's not just Easter eggs, but even some of the dialogue is straight out of comics that I've read. Uh, even some of them within the last decade, and not, we're not talking about 30 years ago, some of them, yeah. But I the, I think I really liked uh, number seven because growing up, I was always reading comics to get to the end. I wanted to see the action. I wanted to see mm -hmm. some drama. And I wouldn't give credit enough to the comedy relief or the humor of it. So episode seven, there were so many, uh, well, it wasn't back when it would be a barrel of monkey laughs. I mean, the laughs were just one after another for me. To the point where uh, I was, people were asking me, like, what are you laughing at? What are you laughing at? To me, it was great. Uh, strictly from a comic guy point of view, I'll, I'll leave the voice of the comic guy up to Steve because I can't do voices. But for, <laughs> as, a, as, as just a comic book fan, there's so many references. I, and so many, some stuff I've forgotten that I just really appreciated it. Um, uh, but I, I loved it. Uh, on the Odin Sleep, uh, Odin sleeps for a long period of time. So uh, when he went to bed, he was recharging his batteries, and that's how Odin works. And when he expels a bunch of 
of energy, a bunch of power, a bunch of uh, Asgardian magic. Uh, he has to rest. Uh, and if I right. remember right, sometimes it's months and sometimes it's years. And there might be precedent for decades. I can't remember. But, yeah, when he goes to bed, he he sleeps for a long time. Yeah, and and it's and that's if you go back to the original Thor, you know there was concern that this time he may not wake up um, because of all he'd been through at that point. Now, obviously, this time he hadn't been through everything that he'd gone through in the original Thor, so this would have been just a regular Odin sleep. You know, there was no cause for real concern or anything. Um, I I wonder if. Um, you know, if this is kind of, if that's when Thor sneaks off to party is when dad's asleep, you know, and the rest of the time is the warrior, you know, element right. of what he does and everything. So um, I, I'm like you, Justin, I enjoyed this episode seven a lot because of the humor aspect of it and all. Now, my wife, God lover, was sitting there the whole time saying they don't sound, they don't look right. They don't look right. They don't look right. And, and it's like, well, that's one of the, you know, the perils of animation. Then, and she wanted to make sure I got this in, in the eighth episode, she kept saying, why couldn't they get James Spader? Why couldn't they get James Spader? And I was like, I, you know, schedules, money, there's all kinds of reasons it could be. And um, she was not happy with the voice of Ultron not being James Spader. But outside of that, I thought that what you had in, in back in the day, during when Smallville was a thing, and I loved Smallville. As we were ramping up to the series finale, um, they did a whole episode that was basically um, a hangover episode. Like it, they basically were doing the movie Hangover. Like what happened last night when we were all partying for the bachelor party and the bachelorette party, and how in the world, you know, they had to go back and retrace their steps. And it was just a funny, lighthearted, weird, quirky episode. But what was coming after was so just full of emotion and and drama and everything. You needed that breather before you moved in to what was happening. And so I, I really did enjoy the episode. I enjoyed all the different characters showing up here and there to party, you know, and, and, and all the things that went on. And then that ending scene... Um, you know, as Ultron Vision shows up, it's like, oh, well, it just got real. But I also think, you know, and this is, as much as I struggle with, does having Loki not around just immediately turn Thor into complete party guy? You know, did, did having Loki give him that much responsibility in his life where he felt like he couldn't let loose all the time? One of the things that I did like about this, Lucas, is that Thor and Jane still actually kind of fall in love. Like there's this kind of idea that there are these constants even across the multiverse. So I don't know if you picked up on that or had any thoughts on that at all. Yeah. I mean, those are, like you said, some of those constants that kind of carry over no matter which universe you're in. Um, and even this, and, and maybe you guys talked about it cause I stepped away for a moment as much as, you know, Thor did all his partying and stuff. At the very end, we get a glimpse of the fact that he's going to have a hero's quest. I mean, he's going to have to rise to the occasion and be a hero, you hope, at least. Right. With uh, with uh, Ultron or Ultron Vision showing up or Ultimate Ultron or whatever we're going to call him there. <laughs> um, you know, and we've got a little bit of glimpses uh, along the way with some of the little trailers and you see him with Doctor Strange and some of those others. Uh, so, I mean, he's going to have that, that quest. He's going to be a part of the solution so 
he's still going to be a hero, even though, you know, he may party like it's 1999. He's still going to be the hero. Right. So, right. But yeah, those, it's cool to see those concerts, him and Jane. Um, and guys, you may have talked about this. Did we, do we see why Eric wasn't with them in the van? Was that even, was that referenced? Was he referenced at all in the episode? I don't remember. She spoke with him on the phone at one point, okay. I think, and, and got some information from him. But Again, that's that's one of the things. Like they because, um, they called. Was Eric with them when they found Thor, Justin? I don't remember. MCU. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember. Look it yeah. up, Steve. No, uh, look it up. Hold on, just a second. I'll look it up, Steve. Um, I'll pull up Thor in a minute. Here. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was it was all three of them in the van when Thor well, showed up. Yeah, it was. Up. You're right. Thor and being a party guy, he had been again in in, uh, in the comics. He had actually been banished to Earth by Odin at, for an extended period of time because he was not humble oh. enough. Because he was such a party guy, he got banished to Earth. Uh, and this is kind of the goat reference. They said the goat Gary. Uh, right. He actually rode around at that time uh, on a on a goat called a tooth nasher mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he came to earth and him and tooth nasher he didn't have Mjolnir at that time or as i called it growing up because we didn't have the mcu and the internet i called it Mjolnir like a lot of people that's right uh, that's right uh so he was banished to earth and basically what he did was come down to earth party like a wild man but this is would be uh well, he's part of the Vikings. Let's just call it what it is. He right. went down to the people that worshipped him already. Uh, he went down and partied and drank ale and battled and battled and battled and just had a good old time. Uh, and so Odin actually had sent him down here during that time specifically to teach him humility. Uh, and if I remember right, that wasn't the true story that ended up teaching him that. That was kind of a retcon in there. But uh, that's why I would have to say, at least with my experience, he always had to kind of go through that time of getting over. It's just about me hmm. into getting into the role where it's about Midgard and protecting uh, the, the nine realms that Asgard's supposed to, you know, kind of, kind of watch over. So, so Justin, from the comic perspective, you know, when he's kind of banished to the earth and he's with the goat and all that deal, <laughs> had he not had Gary. <laughs> goat Gary or whatever, <laughs> did he have the Mjolnir in his possession? It was taken from him, or he no, had No, he did not have Mjolnir, and it wasn't uh, Stormbreaker either. But if you, rem- I'm trying to remember the visual. Is this during? Uh, is this during the unworthy Thor years? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he did he have. He did had, have Stormbreaker, it didn't he? A lot like the MCU group uh, Stormbreaker. Okay. Uh, I cannot remember the name of it. I'm. Oh. Horrible names. I'm lucky I've gotten this far. Uh, so, but he actually had like a a, a wooden. Uh, it was powered with Asgardian magic. I just cannot remember the name of it off the top. Of let me, let me ask you this: When we're talking Stormbreaker, that was Beta Ray Bill's hammer, right? Am I right on that? The original. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I don't have it here. I, I okay. got Beta Ray Bill up there, but I. I've, he's back. Yeah, he's way back there for me. So. Um, but. I got that one, and Steve, we, you and I have had a conversation about this guy before. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. So, uh, no, uh, that, that's not the Stormbreaker that we know from the MCU, but by, by at all. Uh, but now that I picked that up, that does 
Do you remember when, uh, oh, Jane says, uh, aren't you like Thor, the, the Norse god? And he says, I don't know anything about horse gods. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's a little Easter egg comment. That could be. Very well. Yeah, very well. Indeed, it could. So, <laughs> um, Adam, I guess, let me ask you this. Let's say all uh-huh. of a sudden uh, we hear there's this group of human-looking aliens who show up on Earth to party. Would we party with them, do you think? I mean, was there something, do you think there was something magical going on in the party air? That they, I mean, obviously they showed up in Vegas, but I'm just wondering, like, is... is Happens in Vegas, stays in Vegas. Would Earth accept just a global party, or would, you know, I mean... Obviously, they wouldn't in Australia right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Was that yeah? Was that out of line? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At this point, I know I'm up for anything. <laughs> so I would party my little heart out with you know the any aliens from anywhere, and I w- I wouldn't ask questions. I'd just go with it. Oh, um, awesome. I, I'm all I like in. where this is going. I'm all in, baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, cannot I, wait for I, the captions on this episode. Well, I, I think after after COVID and after you know, just all the crap, all all the politics, all the divisiveness, all the tragedy, and the bizarre stuff we've been through the last few years as a as a country and as a world, um, I think now would be a time where a lot of people would just go with it and be all in. I don't think I'd be the only one. Maybe so. That's what Ma- they did on Independence Day. You remember for the Independence Day, they were on top of the That's true. New York buildings with signs welcoming the aliens down, like, come on down, let's, let's do this. That's true, but that was weird L.A. people. in new york they were all just traffic jam trying to get out david david why am i calling my mother and telling her to so go to atlanta (laughs) oh god david (laughs) oh crap um that's my that's my independence day guy from that move from that the cable company. Okay, well, of all the quotes you could have, independence day you're gonna go with that. (laughs) david why did i just send my mother to atlanta um, yeah, that's well, well, what about the little thing from Top Gun? Uh, what was that reference? Uh, you're, you're, you're right. I, I forget the saying, I'm bad with quotes. Your, your ego is right in checks, your body can't cash. That's right. Like that. That's right. Yeah. Yep. So there, there was a lot of nice little quotes in that. And I don't know. It was, I, I was, I went into it not expecting to be humored like that. Mm. After the I did not expect it. And, uh, it's kind of like, uh, Adam, you said your favorite was Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. I had planned on that being somewhat like, hard heavy metal hitting just due to the soundtrack and everything that and then uh, i think steve had seen it he's like guys y'all need to know that this is there's a lot of funny well just the on. subject matter of ragnarok you know like that's the viking yeah. apocalypse and so right yeah so i think because i was kind of on like full ragnarok because i knew it was going to have some laughs in it i was like okay what well, that sounds great this one i did not expect it and maybe that's why i i, I enjoyed it more well, then, you know, it, the duck. Mm. W- right. Well, what's yeah. really cool. Yeah, they did have Howard the Duck. Darcy married Howard the Duck, didn't she? Yeah. Hey, Elvis impersonator. Yeah. But to quote friends, it's a Vegas wedding, so it doesn't count. Um, 
<laughs> so, uh, but like there's scrolls that show up at the party. There's, you know, Korg shows up to party. The Grand Master shows up to party. Um, the, it, when Loki and them show up, I think, oh no, it's about to get nasty up in here. And then he's like, my brother from another mother. And it's like, <laughs> so wait a minute. It, like in, on, on, on one hand, Adam, this reality, you know, obviously after all the crap we've been through and everything, this reality seems a lot better because there doesn't seem to be the, the fighting through the universe and everything that, you know, like apparently the party and spread good. What the problem is they party so hard, they blow up a planet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, this, this universe is, uh, free of a lot of adversity, uh, that we know. And, uh, Surely that can't all be a result of uh, not adopting Loki, but uh, who knows what happened? Because they, they aren't they thousands of years old, Thor and Loki. So who mm -hmm. knows what 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 changes what happened in all all those thousands of years before we you know get to know them and things that might have dominated. Um, but it is a much easy, easier going universe where everybody's friends, which sets some. I had kind of forgotten when I watched this, the last episode that, that um, Ultron appears at the end. Um, but so that sets an, uh, a really big contrast between, you know, everybody's super friends in the DC universe, but then here comes Ultron against everybody and completely capable of obliterating everybody. So it just, it really just seems like as I'm watching this, that Justin, it seems like that there there's something else at work though, because every, like even Jane, who's pretty uptight, like she just gets right into the party atmosphere. Like mm. it seems like there's some kind of magic or something at work that's going on. It's probably the animation they gave Thor to be a cross between like Brad Pitt and David Beckham, both in their heyday. Yeah, that would make but me. I guess that'd make was, me party too. Yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> she 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 was head over heels. Uh, yeah, they, they definitely wanted a party. I can't say, you know, in the grand scheme of things, uh, what that could have been. But uh, I think the the writers in this just kind of did the what if thing. Like, let's just have a bonkers one. And that's what what if does occasionally. Yeah. They just, yep. they'll just throw the what if comic book series. Uh, Kirby and Lee, I believe, actually originated that, if I remember correctly. Once in a while, you get some really, really unusual ones. Mm -hmm. Just bonkers. Uh and I again, I didn't appreciate those growing up. So now I right. when it gets thrown out there, I really love it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't appreciate the what ifs as much either in my younger days. Um, just, but here we end up with um, these what if stories. Like it really did start out. It's interesting because those first few episodes were like just character swaps. They were just basic character swaps. And now we've moved further down the line to just some more in-depth stories. Lucas, there is a Star Wars Easter egg in Episode 7, I believe. In Episode 7? Yeah. I didn't catch the one in 7. Where was it? Well, I, I think it's where, how, the way that Fury dies. If you, he gets, <laughs> he gets run over, he gets run over and just chunked like all the way out. Like I, I thought, I said, like, Oh, that's a Mace Windu moment right there. Cause he went flying <laughs> when he got chunked. He oh, went flying. Nice. I see that. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, he's not dead really in Star Wars. Everybody knows. No. Yeah. He's, he's crazy Mace. He's the, he's a crazy janitor at the floor of Coruscant. Two, two things to think about for this episode. 
you know, as you guys have been talking about just this, this party atmosphere and it's almost like mm-hmm. intoxicating, you know, as that was happening and then hearing y'all's comments, I'm taken back to, uh, I don't remember which one it is, the Percy Jackson deal mm-hmm. where they go into the casino, the Lotus Eaters, and they're just like intoxicated there and just cannot escape uh, that, that type of atmosphere, you know, where someone was usually, you know, pretty uh, straight laced uh, like Jane. And then all of a sudden she sees Thor and, you know, well, that's, that could just be that chemistry, but you know, it was just always this party atmosphere. But the main question I have for you guys, cause y'all are the ones in the know. And I, I know half of the answer. So we get Loki. He shows up. He's an ice giant uh, form. Okay. He's blue and he's tall. I know the blue can happen, you know, cause we see that in the MCU, but how does he keep from getting tall when he's living with Thor in the MCU and in the comics? I'm, I'm going to defer to Justin or, or Adam there. I mean, we know no, he gets, I, he can I, absorb the blue. So I, I'm just wondering how, what keeps him from getting tall? Is it, is it Frigga's magic or what's going on there? I, I guess it's the magic. Um, mm-hmm. I had always assumed uh, in the movies that the, I thought the point was that he was a runt so that he, okay. he was, he was more like normal as guardian size. Okay. Um, it was just, he was blue with red eyes. Um, but yeah, this episode would suggest the magic keeps him small as well. Okay. Then I don't have a hard take on that. I was, I was one that I'm going to fix. I'm, hopefully my, uh, my system sounds aren't still coming. I was trying to look at that. Uh, he kept on saying brother from another mother, which he always kind of knew for the most part that, you know, he was adopted. I get the sense in this reality, since he's an only son, they said brother from another mother, something had to do with mother Frigga's magic, helping him. And as the Loki, we know compared to, cause she, in, in, in my mind, I remember it as uh, Frigga kind of taught Loki magic right. as he grew up. Right. In this universe, he was not exposed to the Asgardian, uh, and uh, Frigga is not an Asgardian. She's a Fae'er, or Adam, you might know it. It's it's another, it's a one-off from Asgardian, basically. And is that true? That might have to do with it because he was. It seems in this uh, episode, Loki was brought up using ice giant magic, not anything in regards to Asgardian and that I'm just throwing that out there. I, I guess. Yeah. Okay. It's just, I've always often wondered that, you know, the blue thing I was like, okay, he touches something cold. He goes back to his old properties or his old nature. But when I saw him tall, like those guys was like, Oh, that got me thinking, you know, why isn't he tall like that? that was- I think you're right, Adam. I do remember in the MCU, their comment being made <clears throat> some about him being a runt and that's yeah. why Odin had pity on him. Right. That's what I, think I thought. That's why, I think that's why his father abandoned him because he was a runt. Mm-hmm. So this might be kind of retconning, at least in this universe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The fact that he took him back when Odin does bring him, that means maybe he wasn't a runt. I don't know. So I, Something tells me, and I could be off base on this. Uh, there's been so many retcons. Something tells me in the comics, he might have came over as a... Uh, trading of prisoners kind of thing as guardians and ice giants went to war as guardians and he's like, I'm taking your son. 
don't mess with this. I could be off base on that, but I think somewhere in the in the comics that has happened, but not in this universe. Definitely, that's definitely not the case here. And and I'm not familiar enough with the actual mythology to know that either. But I I just found out that Frigga wasn't um wasn't actually an Asgardian. I didn't realize that. I think it's called the A Ayer the Fair, and it's uh, again they're they're all one off. They're part of the nine realms, and uh, the Asgardians and them had went to war, and of course you know Odin wins. And he took Frigga as his wife slash just like, you know, when Great Britain and France used to go to war, they'd say, well, maybe our kids can marry and we won't have to go to war anymore. And eventually all of her uh, society just became Asgardians also. Now, I have here, this is a, this is a, this is from 2018. This is the, write that book. This is the Marvel Studios Visual Dictionary. Um, This is actually written by Adam Bray. Oh, and so I heard great things about. So that I don't know if there's a Frigga um, uh, discussion in here or not, but I'm going to find out. So there's, I think so. There's Hella. She's got a page. Okay, there's the card. Dark Elves, the Nine Realms, Thor's allies. There's Jane and Darcy and Eric, Heimdall, Asgard. Heimdall's of the same uh, lineage as uh, Frigga. Also, uh, let's see. Her family is more important to her than anything else. Frigga, I'm going to have to get my old people glasses on to read this, <laughs> even though it's not very small writing. All right, this doesn't really say. This just kind of tells who she is. It doesn't really say a lot about her, her origins, which that makes sense because of the audience for that book. So. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, that's what I've got right here handy. So, I won't. Uh, I won't try to grab anything else. I also have um, absolutely everything you need to know about Star Wars. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Let's see. This might be it. These DK, uh, of course, these DK books. You know, about absolutely everything you need to know about Marvel. Who knows? Let's find out, Adam. If I, it is absolutely yeah. everything I need to know. This is riveting listening for the. I. You know what? I can't find in. I, my eyes are not adjusting well <laughs> through the sunglasses to this book. Gosh, I forgot how much I love the way this book is laid out. This is such a... This... An interest... Go ahead. An interesting thing about um, the, the philosophy of the books is uh, when, I did, when I did these Marvel Studios books, I wasn't as free to just make up backstories right. as Pablo Hidalgo is with Star Wars. Um, of course, he being at, at a higher executive level, he has more authority on those things, whereas I'm, I'm a, a freelancer. But um, uh, the, the idea was because Marvel Studios still wanted to keep writing the history and wanted to keep going back in time because the MCU, it may have seemed to fans that they were moving in a linear, linear fashion. Actually, behind the scenes, the Marvel Studios always knew they wanted to keep going back and keep hooking you know, back into the history and layering things on top of each other and giving more histories um, as they go. So they didn't want to... I don't. I don't think they would have ever felt like they were boxed in a corner because mm-hmm. I don't think they have a view of canon like Lucasfilm right. tries to have a philosophy about. I don't think they'd have such a problem overwriting it at Marvel. Well, um, the, I got to say something here real quick. 
this right here, the top six Great Lakes Avengers. Thank you so much for having Great Lakes Avengers in absolutely everything you need to know about Marvel. And I'll leave it to everyone else to chase down the Great Lakes Avengers. So um, back back to the what if um, discussion here. Um, <laughs> the one hit me with a he got hit with a bridge. I've got it playing as we're kind of discussing it here a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, so so we go through this whole thing, and and of course you know it ends up being uh, Frigga who comes and and you know and and ultimately you know, gets Thor in line, of course. And so it's like your mom's coming. And, and so he's in trouble basically like a child and everyone kind of joins up with him. And that's always, and that's kind of a funny deal. So, um, the, uh, so that, that kind of brings it to an end and they're all getting ready to go home. And then comes that big ending. And that is the appearance of Ultron. Um, with the infinity stones and, and everything. Um, what this is, this is that moment where it's like, Oh, it's about to get real on, on what if all of a sudden Lucas, what was your reaction to, or what were you thinking? Did you have any clue? I mean, I know we've touched on it briefly, but I, I didn't have a clue that that was about to take place. And so, no, I had no clue. I mean, we knew, like you said, from, um, previews that eventually we'd get there, whether it was the last episode or something, and like I said, I was kind of like, yeah, with this episode. But when that happened, I was like, oh, okay. So I guess that's my go. question. Did that kind of turn you around? Like, yeah. 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 Okay. So, I, I mean, I've went back and watched it a couple of times just to kind of, okay, what did I miss, you know, in the first time through? Should I show a little bit more love to this episode and the way I'm feeling right now? Uh, but I always, my favorite part is definitely the end. I mean, he, he says goodbye to Jane, turns around, and boom, here they come. Uh, and I was like, all right, here we go. Uh, well, well, not only him, and, and so we'll move into episode eight a little bit, but there at the end of episode seven, Adam, it seemed like the Watcher was a little surprised to see Ultron coming through. Yeah, yeah. He uh, definitely wasn't expecting that one, and uh, it challenges him to uh, break all the rules. So that's that's kind of exciting. I, I don't know the history of the Watcher so well in the comics, though. I, I know what, what he does is basically what we see here. I know there's a thing with him and Nick Fury, and uh, doesn't he get killed or something? But does he ever interfere in uh, the comics? Well, there you go. And this is and here is where I apologize for not doing a, a, a hero spotlight because I was going to do spotlight on the Watcher. And, and, uh, and that would have made it, made it worth it. Um, so my wife has texted me cause she's listening and she actually, I have the, uh, I have the updated Marvel encyclopedia, but it's not in here yet. It's sitting out on the kitchen table. Oh, and, uh, so she opened it up and she said, um, it, she's, she's surprised because in the Marvel dictionary, we find out that that Thor is actually the son of Odin and Gaia, the goddess of Earth, and that Frigga raised the boy and as her mother, but um, but oh, but but Frigga is not actually, the, and that's something I didn't know. So back, you know, there you go. Blended family in Asgard. Yeah, yeah. So I had to put on my old do you people. Wanna, do you want to do the the comic guy voice? 
before I explain what what happened there? Well, technically, what you have is is a situation with comic books and and the mythology. So you need to let you you just just need to read a little bit more. <laughs> what what have you got? What have you got on that, Justin? Okay, first shout out to my wife. Thank you, Haley, for that because that actually goes into a couple things. So shout, shout out to my wife. She messaged me and told me how to get those notifications from popping up. Um, so hopefully y'all aren't dealing with that anymore. Um, so yes. Okay. Frigga, uh, I use the other uh, screen over here. Uh, uh, there was a war between the, the veneer and the Aesir, uh, that was Odin's group and Frigga's group. They battled together. Odin won. They formed the Asgardians. So they are all now Asgardians, but her lineage was like a, just a one-off from Odin's when it comes to society. Uh, Gaia, Gaia, again, Gaia. I've never heard it. Yeah. I've read it. It's Gaia. Uh, it's it's Gaia. Gaia. Yeah. Okay. I know that. I know that from Captain Planet. Shout out to Captain All Planet. All your powers combined. Gaia, the spirit <laughs> of the earth. And I changed that channel. Let's, oh. <laughs> you didn't care for the planet? Mm. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Not at that time. <laughs> <laughs> Not at that time. <laughs> I was spilling toxic sludge. Now, let me hold on. Let me set the record straight on something here. Captain Planet, as I recall, came on TBS, and it usually came on Sunday afternoons right before WCW's main event, which I had to tape because we had church while that was on. And so I'd come home, and I would always catch the last few minutes of Captain Planet before the WCW main event show would be on, on, on TBS. So that's... That's my recollection of it. But I do remember them saying Gaia, the spirit of Earth. And so. Well, that's, that's the spirit of Earth. Uh, Gaia is, has been retconned to be uh, Thor's mother with Odin. Uh, Frigga did raise him. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, I don't know if it was last week's episode y'all were talking about, and y'all really dug into, uh, oh, uh, the Starro version in the MCU uh, in the Marvel Universe, uh, Shumagorath. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. This ties right into that Shumagora thing. So uh, I probably should have addressed this earlier, but we can tie it together real quick. And this is such a convoluted thing. I think Marvel's going to fix this because the way these elder gods work, like Gaia and Shumagora's work, it's so convoluted. And there's been so many hands in the pot of writers that it's extremely, extremely disturbingly, frustratingly to follow. But basically... You had Elder Gods, and there's three versions of them. You had the Elder Gods of Earth. You had the, uh, oh, the space ones. Uh, the ancients were, content- that's what Shumagorath. He was an Elder God that's ancient. And then you had the Dark Gods. Don't care about the Dark Gods. They're like an insect order race. So you got these other Elder Gods. But y'all mentioned like the Vishanti, uh, who monitor or help out the Source of Spring. That is an old Elder God uh, of the Elder Gods of the Earth. Uh Next to that, you have Hoggoth and Oster or something like that. I'm not familiar with them. But underneath those Elder Gods, and this is why this is why I really think Marvel is coming down, focusing on some of these gods. Underneath these Elder Gods, which Gaia is one of the top tier ones, uh, you have Elder Gods that got banished, but still there's like a remnant of them here on Earth, like Bast, the, the Panther God. Mm. Very much in the MCU right now. Like Khonshu. The Moon Knight is the Fist of Khonshu. 
Moon Knight's coming out. They're going to definitely lay way into Khonshu with Moon Knight and all his issues he's got going on upstairs with his god. Like, Sidorak is considered an elder god. You think about Sidorak and Doctor Strange, the Crimson Bands of Sidorak. Also this guy. And he is the champion or the hammer of Sidorak. I can't remember what his designation is. But he is the champion of Sidorak. He's an elder god. Gaia is, I think, one of four elder gods that all these other elder gods kind of trickle down from. And that makes, well, the retconning in the comics, Thor to be half of an elder god technically more power, should be more powerful than Odin. Because mm. Odin is not an elder god. He's kind of one of the newer cult called the like old gods. They're not the elders. Uh, so on the Shumagora thing, y'all was asking if there's only one of them. As far as I know, there's only one of them but he is the ruler of several thousand universes. So there might be more than one, but there's not one in each universe. He, in his, and he has his own dimension. It's the chaos dimension. He's not the chaos God. It's the chaos dimension. He has that. Uh, Gaia is, I don't know her strength limits, but they're kind of off the chain. Uh, I would probably put it up there somewhere around Celestials. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of a rabbit hole there, but I want to answer some of the things that y'all had addressed last week and that does tie directly into Gaia because she uh ties into the the Egyptian god Set also really uh, yes uh now you're talking Hela another Asgardian is considered one of the old gods but she ties right into Hela uh Noel and Searcher so there's a lot of people that claim lineage from these old elder gods which Shimagurath is right up there with them so. right but also, once you start talking the god Set, then you're talking about the crown of Set, and you're getting into my world with Atlantis Attacks <laughs> from back in the 90s or the late 80s, that that particular crossover, and uh, and now we're off and running. Um, yeah. Which, yeah also, right. which also drags you into a Marvel team-up conversation because of Quasar and the thing and Project Pegasus and everything. And uh, anyhow, that's just me being silly. So... All right, so we're, we we've we've got all that happening there. Right. That's yeah, fine. Odin is not Frigga's real son. There we go. That's there you go. There you go. I love it. Um, and now my wife Can is. I up. just take a moment and just say, "Wow!" <laughs> I, I, told <laughs> I told you. I told you. I told you. Guy, Justin, I'm impressed. This is well, impressive. Yeah. Here's the thing, and I really should have said this. Marvel, I think, is aware. Sorry, we got dogs barking, but that's okay. The um, dogs out. <laughs> Marvel is more than aware that they've had all these elder gods and all these what are like pantheons of gods: the Olympians, Asgardians, the Egyptians, the Greek, the Roman. I mean, we haven't even started talking about Hercules and Zeus yet. Right. They've got a lot of awesome, awesome mythology to draw from, mm-hmm. and they're going to have to figure some of this out. Uh, specifically with like again bass uh conchu now we're talking shimagura there's a lot if we were to put like a storyboard up and start drawing lines you're gonna see a lot of intersections of deities yeah and looking at what mcu's got coming out let's see we got um the eternals this year celestials uh Definitely a cosmic thing. Spider-Man No Way Home were definitely universal things there. Doctor Strange and the multi, uh, what is it called? The multiverse. Madness, I think. Yeah. So universe of madness. I mean, come on, we're going to bring in another deity there. Uh, You got Ant-Man, the Ross, and the Quantum Realm. 
I really think they're going to start bringing a lot of these realms come crashing down into each other real quickly. And it's obviously by the names, but these names that I'm kind of throwing out there are going to mean something because they're really tying them in there. Yeah, it's. I'm I'm sorry to just dump everything on there, but that it's. No man, it's it's. I mean, that's a wealth of knowledge, and I was I was wondering how the Eternals are going to tie in, but you know, hearing some of your comments, I can see where they're headed. Wow, man. Now, Adam, do you dive that deep in some of your stuff, getting ready for the MCU books and such? No. (laughs) 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 No, actually. this is a this is a whole series of levels that I had never really got gotten into that I didn't know really hardly anything about. I'd heard a few names, you know, casually, but uh, no, the the Saul stuff is it is beyond me up till now. So I'm learning with everybody else. <laughs> I, I, I mean, you, I told you, Lucas. I told you that this guy that Justin knows he's got he's got a wealth of knowledge, which is. You know, awesome. I love it. I, I, this is the kind of stuff that I love talking about and digging into and that sort of thing. Um, when you no, start, when you start really geeking out, because there's no way they can explain it like I just did. I mean, just just throwing it out there like that. They've got to clean it up drastically so that a, even a casual Marvel fan can at least kind of keep up. Well, I think in the I think in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, what they'll do is. Um, is probably just kind of ignore some of that and just, you oh, know, yeah. like, you know, and probably, and, and probably for the better ignore some of that because, you know, it, it does get messy if you're not following years of continuity of comic stuff and everything. And, you know, let's be honest, Sam and I'm um, Sam, uh, J- Jack Kirby and Stan Lee, you know, back in the day, they really tapped into a lot of mythology that was already established and they just took these characters and made them, you know, their own. I, there was a there was a JLA Avengers crossover a few years back when Wonder Woman throws down with Hercules, you know, and and Hercules talks about meeting and and wooing etc. Wonder Woman's mom, and she's like, you know, you're the one that defiled, and and so like they go, and it's like, and there's Ares who is a Greek god over in yeah. the DC universe and stuff. So, you know, because they're their mythology, you know, a lot of several of these, you know, and that's probably some of Jack Kirby's influence as well, getting into all that stuff. But anyhow, that having gone down that rabbit hole, let me try to pull us back up and <laughs> and get into episode eight here. And 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 let me let's revisit real quickly the the discussion about the Watcher, because I know one of you guys mentioned that there was something to do with Nick Fury and the Watcher not too long ago, and that was. It's been a few years ago in uh, in in a in a mini series or a or an event called Original. I think that was that Original Sin or Fear Itself. Yeah, I think so. Original Sin. And the Watcher was killed, and someone stole his <laughs> eyes, and all this good stuff. And and uh, and and that's at the end of that is when Thor couldn't pick up his hammer um, mm-hmm. that he'd become unworthy. So it was a pretty substantial deal. But the Watcher himself, the first Watcher we meet, I believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Justin, is Uatu. Who is the Watcher who lives on the moon, and uh, we meet him in the in the pages of Fantastic Four, and you come to find out that he's part of this race that is sworn only to watch; they're sworn never to interfere. And then as time kind of moves forward, we interact with the Watcher a couple of times, but what we find out in the first appearance of Galactus, when Galactus actually finally comes to Earth, is that the Watcher had actually been protecting Earth 
Um, he he had this whole kind of cosmic mist around around the solar system so that Galactus would not find Earth to destroy it, to devour it. And of course he he does. And so the Watcher then, bound from interfering, he doesn't interfere, but he does send Johnny Storm to Galactus's ship, and he does tell Johnny Storm what weapon to get to stop Galactus. And it is that little thing there that Justin's holding up for those of you watching, the ultimate nullifier. And uh, yes. and, and this is how they make parlay with Galactus. Meanwhile, so there's a whole deal with Silver Surfer turning on Galactus and that sort of thing in that moment. But the, the thing about the Watcher, it's so interesting. They're sworn never to interfere, but Uatu always finds a way around that. He interferes without interfering. There was a rogue Watcher who... who comes into the scene in the Marvel comics, and his name is Aaron. And Aaron actually... Um, Sorry, that's just funny. Yeah, you want to and Aaron. Aaron. Yeah, actually, <laughs> it may be pronounced A-A-Ron. I don't know. But um, but uh, but A-A-Ron, the Watcher, he actually just... And on, and on, and let's see. Do I, do I have them with me? I actually just today, in reclaiming some of my old comic stuff that I used to have back in the day uh, was able to grab these issues of the Fantastic Four here. Uh, this is 328 through uh, all the way to 333. And what's going on there is Aaron, the Watcher, Aaron, had been going around and getting DNA that the Fantastic Four was leaving behind in their um, in their battles. And so he creates a clone Fantastic Four and kidnaps the real Fantastic Four and puts them to sleep. And he basically is watching their dreams because their dreams are more interesting than what's happening in real life. <laughs> and so each, each issue is a dream that one of the Fantastic Four is having. And I mean, and, and like the world gets destroyed. It, it's almost like a string of what if stories in, during this whole thing. Meanwhile, in the real world, the fan, the clone Fantastic Four is kind of, they're basically, what if the Fantastic Four hadn't had their growth experiences that they'd had as a team, as a family and everything? And so they're a lot more, um, they, they start charging people for their services. They have a battle with the Avengers. Um, and, then the, and then when the Fantastic Four finally does wake up and, and break out, um, you know, there's the battle with the clones and everything and, and, and Aaron, but Aaron, and so Aaron is taken into custody by the watchers and all. So there's a history throughout with these watchers. And there's, like you say, Aaron, Aaron is the rogue watcher, but you ought to, even though he interfered every now and again, somehow he kind of, he'd always find his way around it, sworn never to interfere, but he was also always the tour guide in what if. So, it, so when you got a what if comic, it just like this cartoon, just like the animated series we're watching, Uatu would be the the tour guide um, for us. I think that there may have been uh, a, a a build a figure, a Uatu build a figure um, back during the uh, back during the uh, Marvel Legends days, maybe, probably, maybe not. Um, I know there's one with the new back during yeah, right, but back during the Toy Biz days though, I think there was a Toy Biz Marvel Legends you want to, but um yeah, so now there's the there's the build, build a figure that's coming out right now with the what if wave of the Marvel Legends and there's that awesome Marvel Select you want to that is sold out and sold out again, um, <laughs> still hunting, still hunting, still hunting. Um, 
but he he looks great. He looks like he stepped off the comic book page, to be honest with you. So, um, let me see if I, I I may be wrong. I thought that there were some exclusive Marvel Legends figures back in the day or something that they had, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe that's well, new. But anyway, so. What's interesting as we come into episode eight is there's the combination of several things. One, it's as Ultron becomes so aware because of the Infinity Stones, there's that moment where he actually hears the Watcher narrating, which is kind of funny, yeah. um, you know, but, and, but that leads him into trying to bust into where the Watcher is watching from a safe vantage point, you know. And then we actually see the watcher have to interfere and start to start to start to throw down. So um, I love this episode. I'm, I'm, I was really surprised that you were a little bit disappointed by it, Lucas and Adam because this was one of my favorite what if episodes we've had so far. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I love the action of it all. I love the cosmic nature of everything that was going on, and yeah. and it did feel like this had so many things that were kind of pulled from the comics and the MCU and, and just, I just thought it was a really cool kind of thing. And I did like getting out of the main world, Adam, and, and, and delving into those other, that other area where, mm -hmm. um, where, where the watcher was in kind of, in kind of getting, pulling the curtain back, if you will. But you said that mm -hmm. kind of, that was a little bit of a letdown for you, huh? Um, yeah, I guess uh, it's hard to put into words mm -hmm, kind of mm -hmm. my, my reception of it. Um, I think, you know, I was expecting, I, we were all expecting everything to tie together at the end and a, like a possible team up, right. um, which looks like they, they may have left that. Uh, with us at, at the end where he's talking to Dr. Strange, um, who we thought had been destroyed, but isn't. Um, so I guess uh, when we got to this point, I wanted to see the team up. So that was more, that okay. was more where, where my anticipation was, I guess. Gotcha. So to, so to see, you know, kind of the battle in the, the universe between universes and, you know, flying through different universes. It was cool, but it's, I want to see the team up. So. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, re you're ready to get to the big climax. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. I, I, I hear you. Um, Lucas, you, you enjoyed this final, this, this penultimate episode a little bit yeah, more. I enjoyed it. Um, again, I thought it was one of the weaker contributions, but I did enjoy it. I do have a question again for for the the men in the know here. What is that space between the universes where the watcher's hiding out? What is that called or is it is it got a special name to it? I don't know. It? Yeah. I don't know, but it's somewhere where the time variance resides, I'd imagine, like yeah. in some of those spaces. Cuz see, I'm I'm trying to see how does that is that essentially the Again, I keep going back to the Loki thing. Is that, you know, like you said, the time variance where they reside, you know, where they have a, a, a view outside of uh, uh, that last episode of Loki out King's window where you see like all the different, you know, uh, timelines splitting off and all that jazz. Is that is that indeed what we're talking about here? Um, 
Uh, I, I was just wondering about that because, you know, we have obviously a, v- a vantage point into each one of these universes, hence where they're breaking through each one, which is nice to see some some uh, familiar places in those. Um, but, um, yeah, it was it was interesting. I like the action. I like where it's leading up to. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I'm a little disappointed unless they squeeze it in the next one. Um, you know, the, my, I heard there was a, another episode that obviously we're not going to get, uh, about, um, uh, Tony and, um, on us, what is the, the party planet or the grandmaster? Oh, Sikar. Yeah. 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 And there, there's one with Gamora as yeah. uh, that I presume we're not going to get. So what are what is that? Are those in the next season? Yeah, I keep hearing more and more about season two uh, because let's see if I got it here. Uh, I think I shared this with you, Steve, in the past because uh, I ran across this at bookstore the other day, and so it's got the, it's a Lego what if deal, right? Yeah. Right, yeah. Right. And it's uh, Valkyrie there, mm-hmm. Watu, and Tony Stark. I mean, I, I mean, we may get it in this last episode. Well, spoiler. now, yeah. Well, let me throw this out at you. We've seen, we've seen Valkyrie. Uh, she was partying with Thor. Okay. On, so we've with, seen her with party Thor. Um, the Tony Stark, he died in the Killmonger episode, right? Well, he died in Killmonger. He died in the what if? Yeah, he died a bunch. Hmm. Um, it, I mean, it could be any Tony Stark, though. Like, you could, like, remember, there are billions of universes here. So we could yeah. still see him in some type of Hulkbuster armor, you know, or that could have just been Lego playing around. Like, let's yeah. let's just let the imagination run wild. And But, yeah. you know, like Adam said, we haven't seen Gamora yet. Mm-hmm. And that seems like a pretty pivotal story because she's, the images we've seen, she's been in the Thanos' like armor. Mm-hmm. So maybe she took upon his role. I don't know. Um, I mean, overall, good episode. One of the weaker ones. Uh, you know, I had some questions, you know, about things. Yeah. So. Well, now I want to get back to what you're talking about, the where where the watcher is watching from. It's got the yeah. prism look to it. You know, I mean, we right. we keep going through all the prisms and everything. So it seems like it's almost an interdimensional realm, kind of like what Justin was saying, kind of like the TVA exists in. But also, it also has that feel of like the mirror dimension from Dr. Strange, like whenever they would go into that mirror dimension. And if you remember when he tried to take, uh, uh, Baron, not Baron Mordo, um, calisthenics or calisthenics or whatever the guy's name is. Um, uh, Mads Mikkelsen, when he tried to take him into the mirror realm, like he stopped it and it kind of did that same shattery thing in, in Dr. Strange. So, and then we see, like we go back to Dark Doctor Strange, and he's kind of in the the universe that he has now trapped in. That small little space is kind of that same crystally prismy kind of thing, and so I imagine. Whereas the you know look that we have magic and we have science, and and Thor comes from a world where they're both, and I think what you're dealing with here is Watcher science, um, where because of the splitting up of the multiverse he is able to see through where he's at and existing into all these different realms. So he could be in, let's say he could be in the 616 universe. He could be in the, in the proper Marvel universe and just looking into all these other universes, just like with the what if, or he could be in a, in a situation where he's between the dimensions. But when he and Ultron start fighting, 
like the power is sending them from dimension to dimension. Um, they're going, they're fighting through universes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the closest thing we've seen that happen in the MCU is in Thor The Dark World, where the nine worlds are aligning and you have those different portals that are kind of oh, showing yeah. up, you know. And then, of course, in Doctor Strange later on when he goes to the dark dimension to, to bargain with Dormammu. But, yeah, you, you're really, it's, it, it's a thing where I think I just accepted that's where the Watcher was in, in kind of a world between worlds, if you will. And and Ultron, because of his super sentience and the fact that apparently he wiped out all life in his universe, guys. Um, yeah, that that's so. yeah. He took out Thanos pretty easily, Justin. Yeah, he took him out with authority. That was faster than the uh, Obi Wan Dark Maul fight. That's I mean, right. That was just, it was just, it was awful. Yeah, uh, there was none of this moves, and it was just you're get out of my way you're done i was i think everyone's really enjoyed that that was great it's it's the efficiency of of a robot you know against thanos who was always so measured like you know you think about when we meet thanos in the mcu uh he's sitting in a chair the first time he's just sitting there letting everyone else do the fighting for him uh when we meet him in the guardians of the galaxy kind of the same thing it's not until the end of age of ultron of all things where he says, all right, I'll do it myself, and he gets the glove. And and then even when that happens, he's got his little Thanos minions going and doing things pretty much on his behalf. And then he comes in, and he gives his speeches, and he just walks around and surveys because he's so confident that he's the most powerful dude there that Vision Ultron just is like, Yeep, and uh, <laughs> unzips him right down the middle. <laughs> Let him right in half. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, Lucas, you keep going back to Loki, and I and, may, and and I know I throw things at you all the time that you haven't thought about, but you keep going back to the Loki series. And if you recall, in the Loki series, they were using Infinity Stones from different universes as paperweights. Yeah, they're just sitting in a drawer. Right. So I guess my question is, I, I'm I'm led to believe by that that the different Infinity Stones work in different universes where they're mm-hmm. native to. Um, right. Excuse me for ending in a split infinitive there. Uh, but the, (laughs) but the, um, but the infinity, the infinity stones are working for Ultron across these different universes in here. Do you have any theory as to how to explain that at all? (laughs) Well, let me, (laughs) I didn't know. I have no theories here. Yeah. Um, obviously for some reason it's what we're familiar with. So let's play on that. Mm -hmm. You know, Thanos is coming across. He's got all the power. Uh, what would happen if uh, if Ultron got it? Right. But it is interesting, you know, because I, you know, in the Loki series, back to the Loki series, mm-hmm. you know, he opens that drawer and he sees them all there. And it's like, you know, the weight of the world falls upon all this that I pursued after is meaningless. Um, but again, they're they're in that in between zone. Mm-hmm. But then again, now we've got Ultron that's working in the in between zone. and He's powered up with them. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe there's an inconsistency there. I don't know. We could get a no we could get a no prize if we can explain it, guys. That's the thing. Like <laughs> we, back in the day in comics, when they when you saw when you spotted a mistake in a comic, if you could write in and say, I sound this mistake, but here's what really happened, you can get a no prize for, for explaining it away. Stan would give you a no prize. I mean I've if, seen a uh, no prize delivered. Or not as it was delivered, but mailed out. Wow! And it was basically that. It was uh, some comic book collectors uh, 
found an error uh, basically in some advertising. Mm -hmm. uh, the character was in the advertising that had no business being there, and they wrote in, and they were awarded a no price. Nice. Just basically, it was a piece of paper. That said no price. <laughs> and they gave me a holler, like, have you ever seen a no price? I'm like, no, that's just... It's just in the back of, you know, in the in the editor's letters or the notes to the editor. And like, no, they actually mailed them a, a no price. That's awesome. <laughs> that's so I mean, cool. That's, that's with our assumption that that zone that the watcher's in is in the same zone as the time variance authority. Yeah. Um, I think just listening to you describe it, trying to figure that out, there's a a way to describe the, like Galactus. Uh, and the also the way to describe the embodiment embodiment of eternity, the cosmic figure, our being eternity. Uh, typically, you know, we'll see them as galaxies with stars and planets mm -hmm. in them, and that's mm -hmm. eternity. And we see Galactus as uh, Galactus, just like you know, the right, right, the, the statue coming up. But in in the comics, the reason we see it like that is the way it's explained to to me is we don't see Galactus in his true form. We see him in the way that us as humans perceive what he should look like. Mm. So to another race, he might actually look a little bit more like their race to them. And that's the way eternity is also. So mm. you described uh, going through these zones, which I don't have a name for them, but we saw like prisms and glass breakage and shattering going on. I think for a comic book kind of answer to that, when they're going through these layers or borders or boundaries, yeah, that's eternity like that. So that's what we see eternity as. But other beings are going to see eternity totally different in, inside 616. Well, I think those boundaries that you're seeing, we perceive those almost like shards of glass. Hmm. But I think that's just, again, like a story device to describe to our mind, we're going through things. Right, right. So somebody else could have very well didn't see shards. I'm not saying that is, but that's my answer to what it's just a way to uh, give the, the, the not the watcher, but us as watchers, uh, an example of passing through a boundary. By the way, I'm so glad you brought up eternity um, because that like when you talk about Marvel at its craziest, when you get into these cosmic concepts and ideas <laughs> And that's the thing. When you get in the multiverse, we've got to start talking about these things. Uh, yeah. You know, uh -huh. um, it, and so and so you end up with someone like Eternity, who is, he looks like he's just a being made up of galaxies and stars and supernovas and comets and everything else. And um, when when we see him, it is it is the human perception of him, I guess. And, and it's it, it's absolutely kind of. The same thing, I guess, here where where we're seeing the watchers best we can. Oh. But let me ask you this: with is are there multiple eternities, or does eternity possess all the multiverse? Have we ever talked I, about that in comics? I think that's been retconned to where there are multiple eternities, but only one living tribunal. I think. Don't please don't quote me on that. I'm. It's so hard to keep up with. Uh, now, I just kind of roll with people correcting me on that kind of stuff because I'm like, well, at one time there was one. I know there was one. And now I think there might be more. Now, the Living Tribunal, now we're getting somewhere. The oh, did I, <laughs> I, I'm so sorry. Guys, I just. <laughs> the Living so much research to do. Stop. 
Well, see, here's the thing. I'm going to tell you this. When we got into the Guardians of the Galaxy, when we started doing Thor Asgard, and even when we, especially when we got to the Infinity War and everything, I, I kind of half expected there to be some of these very cosmic characters come into play somehow um, just because, you know, of, of their role in the original stories and stuff. The Living Tribunal is the embodiment of judgment in the universe, basically. Um, and uh, it's, see, it, it's almost, it's not God, you know, but it he's very God-like. But the thing is, it's also not like, um, it's also not like, uh, like eternity is God, you know, like that's the thing. So there's the living tribunal, and you can see on either side of the one face, there are two other faces, one completely covered, one half covered. And, uh, and, and, and correct me where I'm wrong on this, Justin, but like he basically is the embodiment of justice in the, in the universe, right? Correct, and there's only one God, and he doesn't dress like that. That's right, so, yes, and that's right. There's only one God, ma'am. I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. So anyway. No, he's, he's considered the second most powerful person second most power entity in all of Marvel comics. Okay. So as we get into, as we get, let's get back to the story real quick, because this story had so much going on that I, you know, I know Lucas, you were a little bit dis- disappointed in it and everything. You wanted, you wanted a little bit more than what they gave you. But when it comes to this story, not only do we have the movie age of Ultron, we also have the comic mini series from several years back age of Ultron. And in that book, Ultron wins and kills basically every, there's a small resistance of human fighters and it becomes a time travel thing to go back to to stop Ultron before he gets started kind of thing and it and it kind of and so it ends up being an alternate timeline in and of itself but um but getting into all of this with that that's that's the first thing my mind went to with such a desolate world that like wow not only did Ultron win he won big can I give you a, uh, just an example from what you just referenced, yeah. which is so important to episode eight? Yes. In that Age of Ultron, the comic series, uh, Emma Frost is I basically kind of asked a question. I'm kind of paraphrasing. It's been it's been years since I've read this. I haven't thought about it till this episode. Emma Frost is asked a question by this group of uh, heroes and villains. And they say, well, when's Ultron going to stop? When's he going to stop? What does he want? When's enough going to be enough? And Emma Frost says it will never be enough. He's Mm. never going to quit. And that's what we see in this episode. He finally obliterates basically everyone on our Earth. Yep, yep. And then with cosmic awareness through all the comics being comics, he starts kind of reaching out. And gets lonely, just like you know he thinks humans do, because he is really kind of mimicking a lot of human history. He destroys the earth, he goes to war, he feels bad about it. Now he's lonely, kind of. He's kind of like regressing, uh, when I'm lonely and here I am all by myself, poor me, oh my. And he starts reaching out, and reaching out, and reaching out, and he starts hearing that watcher talk, just like you mentioned. And to point what Emma Frost said back in like that's like 2013 2014 it was right before the movie came out Age of Ultron right it wasn't long before he I remember yeah went off and did the, everything that he just regretted and did it again he's now going universe to universe because it's never going to be enough for this guy because he kind of thinks gotta remember actually Tony Stark said it in that same series 
everything that's a fault with Ultron, I'm paraphrasing, is what he perceives as humans are. Ultron perceives, and you saw this in the age of Ultron, he thinks we're greedy, selfish, warlike, murderous. And then we have emotions about acting this way. And that's exactly what he's doing in this episode. So that that's just, you brought up that comic book series and right, it's, right. it's really telling that the writers leaned into that. Like, it's not going to be enough until yeah. he's beat down. Lucas, point, you, you seem like you wanted to say something there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Point of clarity on something. So, and this may be just to clear the waters again. Um, so we've got Ultron. He's all powerful. He's he's contemplating, and then that's when he hears the Watcher. But in that universe, he hasn't destroyed everybody because you still got Nat. You still got uh, Hawkeye. So I mean, I guess he's just thinking they're the last two humans, or he's his his domains in command. I mean, I I, I don't know. Maybe he's just everything's in subjection. I've won this world. Now I'm looking elsewhere. But little does he know. There's a remnant there that the Watcher's aiding, possibly. Um, I don't know. It's, it's just something to consider. It, okay, and I guess that, Adam, is my question now, because this is something I thought about. Are, at, are, um, are Natasha and, and Clint, are they the last humans, or are they just the last Avengers? Because they kept referring themselves as the last Avengers, Right. But I, I don't know that he, was humanity completely wiped out as well. If that's the case, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be a hopeless Nelly here, but if, the, if that's the case, then just go camp out somewhere and live out your days in peace. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's not real clear. I, I think the presumption is at the end that Nat might be the only one left. Um, and that they were just fighting because that's what heroes do. And I, I, I'm not sure what their motivation was. Mm-hmm. I thought that their motivation was maybe to save the multiverse, but I, I don't think they know that they... No, they're not. It, it, was, it wasn't till the very end that she got a hint that he wasn't in the universe um, when uh, 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 Zola... Uh, right couldn't couldn't connect couldn't make contact that that was her first hint but up to that point i don't know what their motivation was when you're you're the last two i think you're right why not just go camping and hide out and let's just be honest none of us can evade those ultron bots okay (laughs) these are avengers (laughs) (laughs) they're wiping out humanity okay so these are the i think these are the last two known people I don't know. There's some places to make babies. There's some, there's some places off the grid where I imagine there's some people up in the hills of, of Tennessee and, and, and out in the, out in the border, uh, the border lakes (laughs) of up in Minnesota and all and the, uh, the boundary waters is what they're called up in Minnesota and all. And, and look, I don't know if you've ever seen Oklahoma. There's a lot of nothing there in their grant in there, Justin. You can see for miles and miles. That's right. So yeah, that's that's the thing. Like there's a there's a well, lot of because I live in Oklahoma. I'm not sure. That's right. There's, there's not a whole lot of entertainment sometimes. <laughs> there's a there's a there's a lot of space in this world for people to hide out and so yeah. if they're off the grid, I guess it can't be found. So think about though Black Widow. Even let, let's say they are fighting for something. That's your answer. Somebody's hiding out somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. But let's say they're not. 
let's say it's just those two. Think about, and again, I, I have a hard time quoting the MCU because they all kind of uh, get convoluted with my comics. But when in 81 or 82, when Clinton Barton wakes up after Black Widow snapped him out of the mm-hmm. Ultron mind mesmerization mm-hmm. thing, whatever the, the voodoo thing that basically Wanda does in WandaVision. But uh, uh, Wanda had, no, yeah, Wanda had done it to Clint Barton. And uh, uh, Wanda, not Wanda, but the Black Widow snaps him out of it in that movie. She looks at Clint and they have the discussion like, are we going to do this? Are we going to do this? Why are you going to do it? And Black Widow says, I got red in my ledger. Right. Yeah. And that was her motivation. Mm. That's she true. Is, I feel so like we, I feel like she's white. They're fighting for somebody. But yeah, I think she's also the type of uh, a woman that you, you mess with my friends. Mm. You kill my family. You kill my friends. You killed the only people that took me in. I'm taking you out, kind of thing. And Clint wouldn't have got. He would have got away with it. He would have got away from those bots. But if, if it hadn't been for those pesky, if it hadn't been for those pesky kids and that dog, yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> raggy. He would have gotten away with it too. Um, yeah, that that's the thing he did. But you know, you couldn't trust Zola. It's a move that I don't blame him for making. Um, you know, Arnim Zola, not the most trustworthy individual in the world. It was really interesting to find out that in this universe, at least, that there was another copy of him that could be accessed there in 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 Siberia. And she mentioned a couple of others. Do you think, Adam, in our universe, there's a chance we may? Meet Arnim Zola again? Um, I, I hope so. I, I'd like to see that. Uh, I, I'd like to see him uploaded in into an Android. Right. Uh, yeah. Like in the Definitely. comics. Yep. Um, I hope we do see him again. Uh, we see here that there are there was more than one copy of him uh, in this universe. So. Yeah, I he's an actor that's um, popular. I, I forget his name, but he's he's an accomplished actor, so he's he's a decent one to uh, have back in again. So yeah, I agree. I think that I think that it'd be so cool to have the um, the 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 character as the android, you know. Which for those of you that don't know, Arnim Zola in the comics is he's a he's a Big body, tiny little camera for a head, but in his chest is the monitor with his face and everything, and um, and it's it's really kind of a it's a it's a cool, just like everything that was done back in those days in the comics when they created a lot of these characters, very cool, just out there imagination thrown against the wall to see what'll stick kind of concept, and um, and, and so there he is. Uh, look, the meat of this episode for me is the Watcher and Ultron fighting, Lucas. I mean, they get into it. The Watcher armors up. and yeah, that's cool. And, yeah. and, and they begin to bash the, the heck out of each other. And when they're doing so, they go through a bunch of different uh, yeah. universes and stuff. Tell me what you saw that might have been familiar to you, sir. Anything? Oh, dude. Mustafar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that yeah, first see, that first world they land on looked like Fallujah to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't I didn't catch that one. I, I saw some of that online, but it was it was clear that it was Mustafar mm-hmm. or Mustafar, however you want to say it. Yeah, because you see Vader's castle there, you see all that. Yeah, that was so cool. 
Well, it's uh, and it, not to you know we can't forget you know the the Death Star plans are not in the main computer. Oh yeah, that Clint yep. makes too. Yeah, so. yeah. Right after so. right after an Indiana Jones reference. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I like how he paused. He said, "Have you ever seen Raiders yeah. of the Lost Ark? You know, like everyone calls it Raiders, but he's just making sure she knows of the Lost Ark." And uh, so yeah, there's definitely that that reference. Um, yeah, there's there's it does look like. In fact, I remember watching it and I thought, wow, if it were more colorful, that looked like Fallujah. And and I just kind of accepted that it was Fallujah, um, okay. or Fallujah, um, because I wasn't because my Star Wars brain doesn't cut off, and so I'm yeah. kind of there's always that you know Star Wars mode that's there, and unfortunately or fortunately, however you want to look at that, but oh, um, <laughs> but yeah. But uh, but then he does this on Fallujah, and they're in a desert all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, because my Star Wars brain's turned on, you know, I'm like, well, there's Jakku. No, of course <laughs> I'm Tatooine. not. There's Jakku. I'm there's Tatooine. I was fixing, dude. What's wrong with you? I don't jump to Jakku. You know that. <laughs> We're not going back to Jakku. We're going to Tatooine. If, if I'm going to have to go to the desert, I'm going to Tatooine. And uh, it gets it's coarse, it's rough, it gets everywhere. But I missed the Mustafar thing. I didn't notice the Mus- until until I saw some stuff talked about online. I missed the Mustafar oh, oh, thing. I saw that one. I didn't see. I that. missed it. I didn't catch it. Were there any Were there any other Easter eggs that you guys saw, Justin? Was there anything that you saw in in there that not just that scene necessarily, but any other Easter eggs you might have noticed that that escaped our attention? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there is uh, the fight scene between uh, Uatu and and Ultron. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to what you had said earlier, Steve, you're very correct. Uatu does not tend to intercede in, with things. He doesn't take a physical presence or come to blows. So that's what was kind of cool about it. Except he does it in the What If universe or in the What If comics. Oh, I do not really? know any. Yes, and it's and just in my own collection, sir, I have two where he does come to blows, and I and I pulled them out. Shut it's up. F, uh, what if thirty nine and what if forty one? Uh, and it is such a cool, cool graphic. I just wanted to throw it up here. It's so beautiful. Sometimes you see stuff that you had as a kid, and you see it again, and then you just like get all these memories back. Mm-hmm. This is what if forty one? Yes, what if forty one? What if the Avengers had fought Galactus instead of the Fantastic Four? Yes. Check out that fight right there. Galactus and Uatu getting after it. Make wow, it. Hold on. Cool. Hold it. Hold it there, Lucas. Make his screen big. Make his screen big. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's see if I can. Well, I, I don't know anything about copyright laws or anything like that. So no, you're fine. You can show stuff like yeah, that. Just on. Hold it closer. Does that help? Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to make you the main deal. But if Lucas will make you the main deal, he's acting like are. he doesn't know how to do that. It's been a while. Nice. Been a while. Isn't that just beautiful? That is cool. So didn't make when I saw him fighting in my pulled up. I've seen this before. So I, I don't have a whole lot of what is less than 20. And I did have 39 and 41. And, and just in my collection, those are two times where a Watu actually did come to blows and actually was like, forget it. Gloves are coming off. Now, wait from. a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. And what if 39? You're talking about the original what if series 39? I, I, yes, I believe so. What if Thor I battled? The wrong number. I didn't bring it in here, but you talking about you talking about what if Thor battled Conan? Ooh. I think I wrote down the wrong number because I don't have that one. Okay. Well, that's what I found in my in, in my googliness. Well, well, there is a Watu right there. Yeah, he's back there. He's overseeing the thing. He's almost like the re- the the referee from um 
from from Karate Kid. Just call it calling the points. My list. I, I'm such a geek, guys. I've got a notebook. It's my sixth iteration of notebooks. Yeah. Every comic book I own. Nice. And according to of my course list, you 30, do. I have 39. <laughs> but nice. uh, I didn't bring it in here. But yeah, I don't recognize that cover. That's huh. so a cool. I, I'm pretty sure that's got to be it. I'm going to tell you straight up. As I see this now, it's it's an issue I've got to get my hands on. <laughs> I just love well, the I'll, idea. I drag my long boxes down, and I, I accord, again, according to my notebook, I got it. Yeah. So. Well, nice. that's uh, that that's some good stuff. The other one, of course, was forty one, and that's the one where you showed us the image from. <laughs> is what if the Avengers uh, fought Galactus? Yes, um, instead of the Fantastic Four right. as originally. Right. So, I, so that's a new house. That's now I'm looking. Let me see here. That that issue forty. You may be right if it's volume two because that is a volume two issue um it would not surprise me if i get my volumes one yeah two, three, yeah through whatever mixed up because there's it's hard to say what one source uses as a volume in marvel comics i'm not gonna well that you have the the volume one of what if was in the seven was 77 to 80 in okay. volume in volume two was like 87 to 93 or 94 something like that um and so that's so so yeah. And I the only reason I know is because the minute I looked at the cover here up close, it's the I, I recognize it as the more modern, um, uh, the more style. modern the more modern style of the what if because what if forty one in the um, in the first series was what if the Submariner had saved Atlantis from its destiny. So yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Well. There you go. There you go. I know one of them. So let me do this real quick then. Let me see what if volume two, number 39. And let's pull this up and see what we got here. Um, what if Watcher saved the universe? You're right, buddy. Um, there you go. Yeah, what if Watcher saved the universe? So that there may they may be pulling from that story a little bit here. Uh, okay, you know how I said I didn't pull it out? There's uh, on the What If series. Yeah, that one. Guys, I have long boxes I haven't even read yet. This, this is, <laughs> that's it right there. Yeah, oh yeah. There it is. Yeah, for sure. Let me, uh, I'll, sw I'll switch my camera again and, and there it is there. Uh, man, I really wish I'd have glanced at this. I pulled it out nice. That's oh, awesome. Yeah. Nice. Well, uh, the point is, Justin, you were right. The Watcher gets involved in the What If universe for in sure. In the What If series, but not yeah. like in the main stories that we 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 know that he definitely tries not to. Right. Tries not to. Yeah. See, that's from that's from that's a dollar twenty five originally. So yeah, Marvel Comics uh, number thirty nine <laughs> would have been it was the third to thirtieth anniversary of nineteen ninety two. So basically what I heard from all that is I now got to get back in my notebook and I need to separate that. I do not have number 39, volume one. I do have volume number 39, volume two. That's correct. So yeah. For me, as a comic, I really didn't make that clarification I, in my notes. I'll tell you what, I'll go ahead and, and give this out to everyone real quick. Comicspriceguide.com. Comicspriceguide.com. You don't necessarily want to use it for price. You, you can use it to catalog, but it's also a good good tool to help you kind of see uh, covers and that sort of thing um, uh, across the board. So like that, and it also helps you kind of see, oh, this is volume one, this is volume two, and because and it gives the years and everything and, and really helps out a lot. But anyway, 
Uh, once again, we I told you guys Justin knows the comics. And yeah, I do. I get them confused, but I get my kids' oh, names. Oh, dude, that's awesome. No, dude, I think it's great. I didn't know about those two issues of What If, and I didn't know about What If Thor fought Conan, and so I have several new goals in my collecting uh, now um, oh. to, to dig into. So, uh, <laughs> Well, maybe I can cosplay Uwatu and shave my head one day. Yes! Do it! <laughs> do it! So, so this whole thing, this thing opens up, Lucas... The watcher says, "This one breaks my heart." Yeah. Um, what what breaks his heart? Do you think is it the destruction of the universe? There is it that he knows he's had you know he has because he tells these things as though it's past tense, but then all of a sudden he's involved. So I don't know is he is he seeing yeah. across the time there? Yeah, he he. See, I've struggled with that too with each one of them because he's experiencing it as they're experiencing it. But at the same time, he has this, this almost omniscient aspect as well. Um, uh, you know, it breaks his heart. Yes. Obviously because I'm okay. Civil is that human civilization is over for the most part. At least it appears that way. Uh, AI has won the day, uh, which human experience over devoid of emotion, devoid of, you know, all these different things. Well, he even makes a comment, and maybe you guys caught it, when they're in the warehouse looking through files, he says something when Clint's almost there, and he talks about humanity and how, what is it he says? Begin just noting how special humanity is. So if we're in a world where humanity's just about done, that's what breaks his heart. But he is limited in his understanding as well. So it's it's kind of a an odd odd bag, if you will. Well, he's he knows def- things, but he doesn't know everything. Yeah, he's definitely not omniscient. No. Um, you know, so, but he is. But I, you're right. He's got a fondness for humanity, and yeah. basically, what he says is, you know, humans keep hope alive even when there isn't something to that effect. Like, yeah, like, yeah, and so, um, and so, there's a look, but. But Adam, it seems like as with your cat there, it, it seems, seems like a cat. Seems you. like a cat's on you. What if, what if, what if Adam had a cat? But it seems like the watcher is, um, is, is he relying on humanity for his hope to stay in place, or is he just rooting for humanity in that moment? Like, is is this now become a symbiotic relationship for him? Um, yeah, I think so. I think. You know, it seems like the aim of these things, regardless of the pub- publisher or the franchise, is is that humanity is the hope of the universe, and and um, you know, humanity's always got this this special quality that makes them better than all the other aliens and life forms. And so, yeah, I think I think that's that's kind of the goal. Ow. To, uh, <laughs> he's getting <laughs> nippy here. <laughs> um, I heard the purr, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah, he bit, bit my ear. He's a little amorous. Um, <laughs> he, he likes ears. <laughs> all right, we know that Adam likes to party with aliens, mm-hmm. he's and he's got an amorous cat. cat. Yep, yeah. action figure as a girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got it going. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> For those of you that missed Adam's quote, he said, I've got it going on. Um, 
I love it. I love you so much, Adam. <laughs> oh man! For a second there, I thought we like had a flirting experience. Yeah, yeah. And for those of you that didn't quite understand, for those of you that didn't quite understand what uh, what Judge just said, he said it was a flirting experience. That's right. Flirting. Clarify those words. Yeah, flirting from the Captain Marvel movie. Yeah. Right. So, um. <laughs> My wife sent shocked emojis, so she's still listening. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's fun times. Um, well, you know, we wrap up this whole thing. He's gone back to that pocket dimension where uh, Doc, I, I, Doctor Strange, I, you know, Dark Doctor Strange is all I know to call him. Is there Armani? Armor, Armani, Mr. Armani, yeah, Sorcerer Armani. That's right, Sorcerer Armani. And so as he's there. You know, it, Doctor Strange in that universe is still a little evil because he's like, he makes him ask, but he makes him go back. And if you go back to that episode, apparently at the end, he told the Watcher that he'd come back, you know, like he, he basically come crawling back. I'm, let me pull it up real quick and just kind of read the yeah. read the quote there because... You think about it, what better place to hide, though? Yeah. When Ultron's going through all these universes, right. yeah. you go where there's one individual small little universe and that's where you go to regroup yeah who well, if you think about it also when you said think about where you go to hide this is a very dystopian kind of aspect we got going on here and think about where loki always went to hide loki always went to where the cataclysm cataclysms had happened already that's right right before that's you right know? yeah like dystopian it's desolate it's just me myself and i here kind of thing yeah. and again they're Kind of tying it together a little bit. So yeah. it, basically, if the world's ending, we go to where the battle's already been happened. That's 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 the through hide of that story. Yeah, you know, thinking about that, did you find it, Steve? Yeah, I'm I'm here at the end and and haven't gotten to to the sequence where he actually speaks to Uatu. But remember, or he speaks to the Watcher because Doctor Strange does end up there speaking to the Watcher, and um. And I forget what it is that he says. Somebody's or maybe he says it say during something. the maybe he says it during the battle. But I know that Strange keeps saying, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. Um, because everything's destroyed because of him. Yeah. And and so let me see. Oh, you're in the strange episodes. Yeah, I'm trying to because he does tell the watcher something. He tells the watcher, "You can stop this. Please fix this." And the watcher says, that, "The watcher kind of throws back and says the same way you fix Christine." Mm. And uh, and so they kind of have a thing. And Strange is having a change of heart, and and they're having a conversation here. He basically says, "You can undo this to the watcher," and the watcher says, "I'm not a god, and neither are you." And he says, then punish me, not the world, according to this is Dr. Strange speaking now. And um, he says, if, and Watcher says, if I could fix this, I would punish you, but I can't under- interfere. And you should understand that more than anyone else. Meddling with time and events only leads to more destruction. So he's going away now, and Dr. Strange is saying, no, no. And, um, hmm. But he doesn't actually have a, a conversation with him. I'm trying to think. I thought that he actually, because he says, that you, I want to hear you say it. And um, and so now he's having a conversation with himself, basically. 
I'm sorry, guys. I, this is great <laughs> podcasting. <laughs> I was like, wow. I'm so glad you're not doing audiobooks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can do great audiobooks, though, Steve. Thank you. You have enough voices in you. you I don't do think it. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's okay. true at all. Um, <laughs> well, let me come back here then to to the actual conversation with the Watcher in this final episode, because it's pretty powerful. Because you, this Doctor Strange has learned his lesson, but he's still a little bit of a jerk. Yeah. And uh and 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 the watcher basically says I've got no choice. You know, I'm out of options. And uh and they're having like a kind of a heart to heart thing here. And that's the thing he says, "Are you ready to break your oath?" Yeah, yeah. and and he says, "Do you want me to say it?" And so strange like, "Yeah, I definitely want to hear you say it." And it's been <laughs> kind of back so it all works, you know. He's like, "I can't believe I'm about to say this." I see now, this is what the watch says, I need your help. So, so yeah, he makes him ask because he's still got that little bit of arrogance about him. But mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, it so is bleak. Would, watcher wouldn't help him, but now he wants to watch. Now, now he needs his help, him. yeah, because he's got no option. Yeah. But he's also going to have to free up this version of Doctor Strange yeah. to be able to be able to help him. So I guess my question is this, Lucas, who are going? Who do you think we'll see? Obviously, we know this version of Doctor Strange. Sure. Um, let's go around and get some predictions. Who do you think we'll see as Guardians of the Multiverse? Uh, well, I mean, we, we've kind of been spoiled a little bit with all the stuff that's out there. I have not seen anything that's out there. Have you not? No. Okay. Uh-uh. I mean, from the onset, we've we've seen some different stuff. Um, you know, Captain Carter will be there for sure. You think so? Oh, I'm sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's, I've seen uh, one where she's in the image with, uh, who she's in the image with. She's with somebody that she did not encounter in her episode. Well, I can put, I can put Darth Vader and Superman side by side with action figures. Oh, All I have to do is okay. take some animation cells and stick them together. But she's in the, the little circle thing. I, I think we see Captain Carter. That was okay. my first guess. Go All ahead, right. Adam, you're next. Um, <laughs> wow, I just saw a little bit of the prophet come out in you there, Lucas. <laughs> uh, how about uh, Spider Man from a zombie uh, world? Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, Justin, any any thoughts on the Guardians of the Multiverse? Well, I, I was thinking about that, and I'm just happy to see the zombies teamed up with these other guys. I don't know who it's going to be, but I'm really, I, I am not a huge marvel zombie fan by any stretch of imagination but i'm ready to see a couple of zombies if not a bunch interact with people that aren't used to that kind of scenario do you think we'll have that happen do you think we'll actually see zombies recruited to help fight if they don't they're missing a golden opportunity (laughs) i mean now's the time you do it it's what if man the what if is bonkers now's when you well you're not going to get it in thor love and thunder (laughs) that's true that's true do it <laughs> one of one of the scenes, one of the scenes in the 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 mid season mid season trailer was Thor and Strange, and Thor says, "Oh, zombies! I would have never thought of that." So <laughs> there you go. And I don't like zombies that for the most part. I'm not I'm not into that genre, but it's gonna it's what if to go for it, you know? Yeah. Uh, my my I I think this is where we see Gamora. I, I think this is where we see Gamora because mm-hmm. Thanos is dead. And uh, looking back at uh, Avengers Endgame, Avengers, uh, uh, the last one, uh, help me out here. That was Endgame. Uh, okay. Endgame. Uh, Gamora 
there was a time when she was with her father as accomplices in right. galaxy conquest. And then she found, you know, saw the light basically. And this universe, I don't think Gamora is going to have that epiphany. She's not going to have that experience of turning over to the guardians of the galaxy. I think she's still going to be in that Thanos mindset. And I'm, I'm kind of hoping that's who we see. So you hope we see Gamora from like the, the, proper mcu timeline is that who you think it'll be she's not coming no, from another- no not necessarily i just hope we see not nice gamora okay gotcha yeah yeah um i i think that they'd be they would be wrong not to try to recruit a nice thanos uh from <laughs> from the from the chachala episode of guardians yeah. of the galaxy you know like <laughs> Let him let him cut loose, you know, because that in that episode he was like, "Let me tell you why this would work," you know, like he was still he still believed in his plan, but he wasn't carrying it out. And so, give that guy a chance to kind of break loose and be a hero. And I think I think you're you're dealing with some fun there. I love the idea of this of a ragtag team up though, and and uh, of people from across the the multiverse. And and that Doctor Strange is so super powered by what all that he absorbed. Uh, Spidey with the cloak and and all that he's been through, you know, is, is going to be a little bit tougher at him. And and uh, if Captain Carter shows up, I guess she's the leader of the pack, man. She's the uh, one that would just imagine Captain Carter with Nat with the Crimson Guard shield. Or there Red, you go. Or, isn't that his name, Crimson Guard? Yeah, yeah, Red Guardian. Red Guardian, yeah, yeah. Red Guardian. So Crim- both of those ladies with the shields. Oh, dude, the Crimson. Oh, Gu- so you're in your you're in your Star Wars brain again with Crimson Guard there, Lucas. Sorry, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I was looking at Black Series earlier today. I hear you. I hear you. I know. I'm kicking myself for not grabbing, for not telling you to get that Boba Fett. But that's oh fine. yeah, that reminds me, Adam. I got to tell you something later. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, uh, final thoughts all around, Justin. Final thoughts about these episodes, about the the coming season finale. Anything you got that we missed that you you want to point out before we roll out? Uh. I got some good reading recommendations of stuff that y'all talked about last week. Go for it. Excellent reading recommendations, like firm stamp of approval for anybody. Uh, In episode eight this week, we saw a glimpse of Steve Rogers as president or running for president. Yeah. Yeah. I recommend this right here, Earth X. Yeah. This is not a what if. This is an alternate universe. Let's not get into the the differences between what a what if is and the alternate (laughs) universe. This, I mean, there's Cap right there. Right. Nothing has went right for this man. And in that universe, there is Steve Rogers as president. Mm. Also, that happened in Captain America 250 or 3. It's one of the mid-milestones. Um, but due to the fact there's so much of Celestials, I think, coming down the mm-hmm. pipe with Eternals and the way this book right here by Alex Ross the way this book ties in the Celestials impregnating planets and the way Owatu in here is designed to protect said planets, much like Steve said earlier, there's like a mist around the Earth. This is excellent reading. Nice. It's, it is another dystopian. If you like kind of sad comics, well, here you go. Uh, <laughs> this, But it's really so good. Now... Uh, y'all also talked about Hawkeye. Being an old school comic fan, I love some Solo Avengers where Hawkeye was big time in the Solo Avengers. Mm-hmm. Hawkeye, trade paperback, 
that's like five comics in one. My life as a weapon. Oh, wow. Okay. There are scenes from the trailer that y'all discussed last week are straight out of here. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, off the page. You know how uh, you got the, the Macquarie stuff and whatnot of, uh, what is it, the pre-conceptual art? Right, right. Yep. And so typically a writer, and Adam, you know way more about this than I do. I only hear, know this from hearing people like you tell me how it's done. Um, when a writer's coming up with a story, they will talk to an artist sometime and have them sketch out, give a rough draft of a visual so that the prop team, so that the next artist along down the line can actually see what the writer was envisioning. This is, in my opinion, according to the trailers, the conceptual art for the series. You ever got Sweet. To okay, cool. Right here. This was not expected to be anything when it comes to selling a lot. It was not expected to make waves. If you ask anybody that reads comics, give them your top five trade paperbacks. Almost everybody's going to, if you say Marvel, almost everybody's going to have that in there, hmm. even if they're not a Hawkeye fan. Nice. It is. Some people just don't like to read, and I totally get that. There is not a lot of words going on there. The right. story is really art. <laughs> yeah. It's such a simple art, but it is so good. And it also gets in a lot with his daughter, the other, you know. Cool. Uh, whatever it is. Um, I think that is it. Y'all talk also about the new Spider-Man uh, No Way Home. Yeah. I kind of blow people's minds when I tell them this. Before Spider-Man Life Story, Spider-Man did not rank in my top 25 Marvel heroes. I didn't like him. What? I know. I'm sorry, Steve. I should have told you to. That's, that's mind-blowing. Uh, yeah. I, he, I just was not attracted to the Spider-Man thing. Hmm. I, I mean, I have my guys and I would follow everything about them. And then this bad boy came out. It's Spider-Man through the decades. It's got Spider-Man Life Story. You can actually pick this up as a trade paperback, much like that Hawkeye. But it's Spider-Man in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s. Spider-Man oh. into my top 10 right as, and he wasn't in my top 25. He went right in my top 10 after reading this story. It is so stinking good. There is a new one out called Spider-Man My Life Story Annual. You want the original Spider-Man My Life Story. And, so that, and that's available in a, in a trade paperback. Yes, absolutely. Uh, visit your local comic store uh, to get that. I would highly suggest. Uh, goodness. I, I think with everything coming down, People are going to want to know a little bit more about Spider-Man outside the MCU. And that does a great job of explaining why he does what he does and all the way down to why he is such a uh, sarcastic character mm-hmm. all the way down to the, his daily trials as, you know, he's, he's, he's a tough luck kind of guy. And it really gets into that mindset of it, why Spider-Man is why Spider-Man is. On the Marvel Unlimited app, they're doing the Fantastic Four life story. And I got to mm-hmm. tell you, Spider-Man Life Story a thousand times better than the Fantastic Four. They're yes. they're really I ruining. Mean, they're they're I, making the Fantastic Four out to be just absolute jerks and losers and stuff. And I, um, no offense, Marvel. I put down Fantastic Four Life Story, and I will not be finishing. This yeah, case. it's I wasn't. Um, I haven't I'll, been happy with it. I've read two issues. Spider-Man Life Story. They they were trying to do the Spider-Man thing right. with the Fantastic Four, and the, the, not it, not. Even. No, they failed. They failed. Yeah, they failed as far as I can see. So oh, anyhow. <laughs> All right. Uh, reading recommendations. Lastly, I'm sorry, you're taking so much of your time. Reading recommendations. Y'all already been pushing 
Um, Mr. Adam Braves looks so good and I'll push it, push it, push it because right now, if I'm having a hard time going to sleep at night and I just need to kind of wind down, I'm a comic book guy. Hey, I love the Bible, but sometimes I want to geek out too. That's you know, right. I just want, I want to geek out of Preach it, brother, preach. I love the Bible. characters. Can I want, wait a minute. I want to, I, I kind of want to make that a t-shirt. I love the Bible, but sometimes I just got to geek out. Yeah. Hey, the story of Nehemiah is great. We can talk about that later. <laughs> but right now we're talking about Adam Bray's. <laughs> Guys, Adam Bray. I don't know if anybody's ever told you this. I am an avid reader. I'm currently in the middle of the Expanse series by James Corey. I've read all the Game of Thrones, never seen a single episode of Game of Thrones. I've read uh, Stephen Erickson, Robert Jordan. I can go on and on. I love to read. I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Right here is my favorite book of all time. Oh. Right all time. Oh. I've never read it once, cover to cover. This is not that kind of story. You open right. it up, it's alphabetical. We all know it. You get into the A's. And look, you can just read that much, and then your night's done. Or you can go, Annihilus, well, how does that work with Onslaught? Or how does that work with the Guardians? And then you just flip over. Oh, look, there's Ares, not the one we were talking about in D.C. That's right. Well, how does Ares work? Well, let's flip, flip back over to the A's. We can learn about Ares. That's the way I read this book. I guarantee I've read it more than once, and it's never been cover to cover. It's never been in <laughs> Always just geeking out and loving it. So nice. if Good you don't stuff. have it. Marvel Encyclopedia. Go to adambray.com. Mm-hmm. There, there's a, a, when my daughter has one of her friends come over, she knows right where this is kept. And almost every other time she comes over, she goes and grabs it. Mm. So cool. This, it's amazing. So reading recommendations. I think that's everything I had to say. All right. Lucas, any final thoughts before we wrap it up, buddy? I've got, I've got four quick things, but I want to save the fourth for the very last thing. Okay, so, great, great. Okay. Number one, and you guys may have touched on it when I was away. I just I love the just the catchy things that Captain Marvel said in both episodes. Oh yeah. She sees Thor. Hey, hey, White Snake. Yes, yeah. yes, that's right. <laughs> and then Skynet and Killer Robot movies. <laughs> referring to Terminator. Um, what was the third thing? Oh, I cannot believe. And maybe you said this, Steve, when uh, Thor, you know, is cleaning up the party. I guess you could say before his mom shows up. Mm-hmm. And he goes and fixes the Leaning Tower of Pisa like Superman. Superman 3, yes. I didn't think about mentioning that. That's on me. I should have mentioned that. Yeah, Superman 3. I loved it. I loved it. Uh, One other thing before we wait to the end. Um, One of the problems I think I did have with the Ultron episode is because it wasn't James Spader's voice. Dude. He's awesome. All right, yeah. you just you just became my wife's best friend. As I said earlier, yeah. she was saying that the whole time. Why couldn't they get James Spader? Why couldn't they get James Spader? Yeah, I mean, they get everybody else for the most part. That guy, he made he made Ultron for me. Just his demeanor. Just the, I mean, just I could see his body language when Ultron was doing his thing in the in the movie. So that's all I got, other than the last comment. So. Adam, you got any final thoughts to wrap up before we before we rock and roll out of here? Um, I like Ike. Uh, no, no, not really. All right, great, good. I think everything's good. Good deal. Well, let me get all the plugs in here. Chewy's Cantina, 
great toy collecting group over on Facebook. You can get there by going to geekoutonline.com slash group. And, uh, and it'll take you, wait, no, geekoutonline.com slash cantina will take you to Chewy's Cantina. Geekoutonline.com slash group will take you to the Guardians of the Goliverse group where we welcome you to come and just geek out with us as often as you can there on Facebook. Uh, there are Amazon links at geekoutonline.com and geekoutpodcast.com. There's also Amazon links at adambray.com. So wherever you want to help spread the schmolians by doing that kind of stuff. But do make sure you go to adambray.com and grab from him. As long as he's got it and available to, to sign and ship, ship to you, uh, the, the Marvel Encyclopedia. Adam, what else are you holding right now? You've got the Marvel MCU characters. Marvel Studios Visual Dictionary, Marvel Studios Character Encyclopedia, Marvel Studios 101, Marvel Absolutely Everything You Need to Know, and Ultimate Marvel, now available in paperback for half the price. (laughs) Um, And most of my books are available in Spanish as well. Okay. So that's what Adam's holding right now, and you can reach out to him at adambray.com or on the socials at author Adam Bray, and uh, and he'll hook you up with signed copies, and and uh, what you'll be happy to have done that. Great if you're for holiday in, gifts. If you're in a position to support the channel, we we invite you to go to patreon.com/geekoutloud and do so. We dropped two lost episodes of the Big Honkin' Show uh, today on the Patreon. One very short one I'd forgotten all about where Brian Q. Miller, uh, comic writer and uh, donut expert, uh, stops in to talk with myself and Derek Russell about a donut controversy. And then Derek uh, gets out of the shower to talk to me. So you got to check that out. And uh, over at Patreon, if you're so inclined to help us out there, we invite you to do so. Um, Also, uh, email us. I'd love to hear from you. Geekoutonline at gmail.com geekoutonline at gmail.com. I think we might have had, well, we had an email about Star Wars Visions, uh, not about What If. So, all right. Yeah, we need to talk about that. I want to talk about it sometime. Okay, we, we can do that, I guess, at some point. Um, but <laughs> I'm then, so excited. Well, <laughs> anyway. Um, I have not seen it yet. In oh, all Adam, you need to watch the, it. I want to hear your take on it. I man. feel like they peaked in the first. E- I feel like they peaked in the first episode, and it was all downhill from there. Did you not? Did you watch the fifth episode? I did. I didn't care for it. Oh, you heard me. I heard you. Yeah, man, it hurt my heart. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, definitely didn't was, like. Definitely didn't like the second episode. No. And honestly, the only reason I like the first episode, I think, is because I feel like I'm supposed to because it's so artsy. <laughs> but it also feels very classic and very like it feels like a like a like a lost uh, piece of animation that's been found, you know, and brought to the states yes. to, to show to us. That. They're, I really they're writing that. a novel or a novel that goes along with. I know, it. and that's and that's where my real frustration comes in. I'm like right, just this is stop. show. This yeah. show. Anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, so check us out. Geek out online at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you happen to be watching this on YouTube, and I know some of you are, please make sure you like and subscribe if you haven't. Uh, liking and subscribing helps the channel out, and uh, we've got a a 300 subscriber celebration coming up very soon. Live stream. It's basically going to be. I've got a huge stack of comics to show off in the hall. Um, that I've picked up at a uh, local place here and, um, and on eBay and just dug out of my old collection as I'm kind of going back through it as well. So some fun stuff, nowhere near 
what Justin's able to pull out for us, but um, but some 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 fun stuff none, nonetheless. So, uh, well, with, I know what you're kind of looking at. I'll, I'll keep my eyes open for yeah. for some of those. Well, I've decided. I've just I've I've talked to Lucas about doing something that I've seen other channels kind of do with different things. Uh, you know, we've seen I've, we've seen one person in the Facebook world in the Star Wars collecting world take a hundred dollar bill and say that he can turn that hundred dollar bill into a complete set of the original '96 Star Wars figures. I think by, he abandoned that, by the way. Did he really? Okay. Well, I, I guess, never heard him more after the first month. Well, I guess he was wrong. Um, but I, I have seen some... figures really after. <laughs> right. Well, what he was doing is he would buy some at like yard sales and stuff for cheap and then resell them to build up the, the thing and then maybe keep some for the collection here and there. I've seen it. Uh, there's a guy on YouTube that's done a game collection that way. He took $10. He started with 10 bucks and went to like thrift stores and, and antique malls and stuff and would find where they're selling games for like two bucks. And he would pick up some for his collection, sell others and kind of continue to build on that. And so I'm thinking of doing that with comics, maybe trying to do that with comics. I shouldn't even say it out loud, but do the twenty <laughs> but do the twenty dollar comic book collection where we start with just twenty bucks and we try to flip some comics. We try to see what we can get out there. And what I'd like to do is put together a complete run of Marvel 2-in-1, starring The Thing. Um, and, and let that kind of be, see if we can turn $20 into a complete run of Marvel 2-in-1. So uh, if we start that up, we'll definitely show you. And then that what I would do is, when we go places and I find comics places, would kind of film that and you know record that at least on my phone for now and show that off. And, and uh, we're planning to record a road trip up to Yeah, we want to we want to do a road trip up to Mountain Man Comics and record that a little bit and so there's a lot of things we want to do for the YouTube but we need your help in liking, subscribing and and being a part of that over there if you will. So um well that's going to wrap it up for us for Adam Bray. I know I'm there. I'm going to give you I'm okay. going to give it to you. Just trust okay. me, Lucas, trust me. Okay. Just trust me. For Adam Bray. <laughs> For good friend Justin Grant, for Lucas Butler, I'm Steve Glosson. Tune in next time when you might hear Lucas with this thought. Okay, here it is. I don't know if it's a thought. But <laughs> the scene when we have Zola and Nat and Hawkeye, and we hear uh, Hawkeye's middle name, Francis. Okay? <laughs> He's named after his meemaw. I need to hear from each one of you guys. What was the name of your grandmother? What'd you call her? Comment below. <laughs> <laughs> what Steve? What what did you call? It? What's the name of your grandma? What did you call? Her? Uh, oh, from your all of, you want us all here to do that? Okay, yes, of course. Uh, I had a grandma and a mama, but okay. we also had Granny Harper, who was our great grandmother. Okay, what about you, Adam? I had a grandma and a mammy. Oh, from uh, Georgia. Okay, uh, and, and I had a a granny. And all the rest were regular grandpa, grandmas. Okay. All right, Justin, what about it? Uh, the grandmother that I grew up with, I actually spent two summers with her, uh, was my Mimi. Mimi. Mimi, okay. Mm -hmm. Wisest person I have ever met. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I was going to cosplay, guys, but I've got to throw this out there. You know, one last thing. I was going to cosplay, and I it just it wasn't in the cards. But I did do a, since y'all had me on, I did do a... Uh, Custom figure for you guys. Oh, sweet. Uh, this is your custom figure? Yeah. I can see it here, don't I? I'm going right. to pin it, pin your comment here. Oh, nice. Wow. That yeah. is a custom Ultron. Is that a Marvel Legends Ultron? Ooh. Not quite. No. That was, I actually have another one somewhere. Oh, here it is. That was a Playmation. Okay, cool. 
Yeah. So we did that. So, uh, yeah, Sweet. I got that. And then, you know, it's kind of like the Galactus video they got coming out where you get to like the next tier and the next tier. Right. I got him ripping off Hawkeye's arm. Sweet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Vicious. That's awesome. I had to throw that out there. I was like, I cannot pass this up. That's awesome. That's All awesome. Right. Also, well, <laughs> so Lucas, what is your deal? Did you have a memo? Oh, my, mine's the same as Adam's. Uh, yeah. I had a, a grandma on my dad's side, and then my grand, my mom's mom, who's really influential in my life, was Mammy, and then her mother was Granny. Okay, so, oh, yeah. great, right. that's cool. I'm also so. thanks, thanks, Lucas, because I'm also sure that you drug up a lot of memories for people. And now, folks are saying, um, well, "Hey, those, <laughs> those great memories are right now." Hey. Uh, <laughs> Great memory. I think of my mammy, man, dude. She was oh. awesome. So. Not in front of my mammy. There's my mammy. Hey, <laughs> yeah. mammy. That's from Transformers, guys. The oh. movie Transformers. So, uh, right. I, I forgot to mention. I'm trying to learn to sew and make uh, make customized make customized capes for my Marvel Legends now. So, oh. I, I I said the oh, most I said the most unmanly thing I'd ever said to my wife when I came <laughs> into the house the other day. I had a little caboodle and i said this is my caboodle to hold my sewing stuff and uh and so uh yeah (laughs) there you go so there that is um and i just looked at her and i said this is who you married and uh uh, yeah now back and i will say this and this is this is something that, that back in the day before i was married if i'd have come on the geek out loud and i would have said I bought me a caboodle to put my sewing stuff. I would have followed that up really quickly with ladies. So, <laughs> so I just said, uh, this is a, this is the most unmanly you'll ever hear your husband, Haley. You know, <laughs> so. Adam's not feeling so soft now, huh? That's right. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks so much. We'll see you on the next Geek Out Loud. <laughs>